Our job is to love. Yes. Agreed. That's our purpose on the fucking planet. Agreed. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Right? Mm-hmm. Our job isn't to determine who's going to receive it and how they receive it and what they do You're with right it. about that? That's yeah. not our fucking job. It's not. 100% true. So we have no control over that as well. These kind of relationships that get disturbed when we don't take the time to know what it is to say, to know how to Welcome, ladies. Thanks How for you? having us. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I um, am glad we were finally able to make the connection so that you all could join and just have a conversation. Generally, we, I have an idea on where things are going to go, but when it's super, super open format, it's, I call it the chop. So we're I've never, I've never chopped it up with ladies before. <laughs> women. Let me tell you, the best people on the planet to chop it up with these two ladies right, right here, here, baby. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. Out question. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Good. So, you are Ianessa. Yeah, I am. And you're Reba. I am. And tell everyone a little bit about you, Ianessa. Sure. Uh, I am a very confident, independent, self, I would say 75% self-governed person. What that means is I approach the world first based on what I desire, and then I let everything else fall into place. That's my natural disposition. I gravitate to things that force me to think. I like intellectual stimulation. I love things that are aesthetically pleasing. I get bored very easily and I do everything I can to avoid boredom. I love humor. Um, I love variety. I'm extremely adaptable. I have zero patience. (laughs) I'm very creative. I love music. Music is actually the thing that brings me uh, closer to my center than anything else. And um, I have never had a cavity. I'm just going to say this because there's no other way to say it. Anybody who knows me would be like, that's the perfect person for you. Who she just <laughs> described. Like that. So I want everybody to know that I'm clear. I got a lady. Everybody knows that. But what you just described, that's like, OK, so why we bullshit? <laughs> What's the day? <laughs> so, anyway, thank you for that. That was a lot. And uh, <laughs> I should have just said when you said. Tell me about yourself. You're like, I'm a lot. <laughs> Did that mean a lot in a good way, though? Like you were you were clear. It, it was no. I know who I am. I know exactly who yeah, I am. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That was and that was clear. Mm-hmm. Um, you sure you you want me to come back or are you? I don't know. Can don't you follow know. that up? I don't, I'm not that clear on who I am. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, be honest. Neither I am I. Her. I love her. <laughs> That's what I mean. See that the vulnerability she displayed yeah, yeah. to be like. I got 50% of that. I got 70% of that. But here's what I got. Yeah. Come on, Reba. I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you who I think I am in this moment right now. Okay, go. Because that changes often. Okay. Right Right now, I am, um, something I will always be is a pleasure advocate, right? I advocate for pleasure, all things pleasure, for physical pleasure, sensual pleasure, emotional pleasure, financial pleasure, pleasure is pleasure is pleasure is pleasure, right? That's my middle name, right? Um, and I think that is one thing about me that will never change, 
Okay. Um, but right now I'm a mom to a seven year old. Um, I am a business owner. I get lost in those identities a lot. Right. Mm. And I think this part of my life right now is focused on staying grounded and sustained in pleasure. And so I teach sex education workshops, pleasure, positive sex education workshops to adults and to aspiring sexuality professionals. Um, and one thing that I can say uh, that I believe with my whole heart is that people who are called to do work are the people who are meant to do it the most. Mm. Right? So like you see preachers in church, they're called to preach because they need to be in church. The most, you know what I mean? Gotcha. I'm called to teach about pleasure because I really do. I'm one of those people who needs to be focused on pleasure the most. Okay. Right? Because there's so much in my life and in most people's lives, especially black folks, right? Who like, there's a lot of things that try to rob us of our pleasure. Yeah. Lots of oppression, lots of systems, lots of people, lots of, lots of things that we're specifically created to rob us of our joy and our pleasure. And so I think the work that I do around that is really important. And it's probably the work that I'll be doing for the rest of my life. So one of the things that I heard that was similar is that 75% is desire. Well, I can't remember the word you used. 75% of my, the way I move through my world is based on what derives me um, from anything. Usually it's my brain that makes me, I can't stop thinking about it. I have to figure it out. I have to understand it. Um, that's a lot of it. Sometimes it's a drives me. It's a sort of aesthetic pleasure. Like something really looks good. I want to see it. Something really feels good. I want to experience that. But it's whatever drives me in that moment that usually pushes me through my life. Um, I've this, I in fact have almost never been either burnt out or beyond um, uh, the capacity to like where I passed something 10 years ago, I, I can't stand this anymore. I see boredom or um, a plateau coming usually five clicks before somebody else because I'm so in tune with this is gonna get stale or boring. I don't mean necessarily relationships, but right, right. just something I am not being fulfilled and I see it, I'm already making a plan to be fulfilled in some way. <laughs> right, have you always been like that? 100%, I came out the womb like that. Okay. According to my parents. And I teach other people how to be like that. Yeah, it's true, actually. I hadn't it's, thought of that. It's so interesting. Yeah. Like, I'm the exact opposite. Tell us. Yeah, say more. Say more about that. That's, um, it's weird because I think we may be ending up at the same place, but I think the path that we're taking to get there might be the same. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm sorry, the path that we're taking might be different, okay. but where we end up is the same. Mm -hmm. The destination, same journey is different. Yeah, because I do, I have like these, these desires sometimes that I have difficulty keeping in check. Mm -hmm that really go to the extreme in certain instances. And it's hard for me to 
manage that. And so what I have done in my life up to this point is to try to understand what's driving those desires and then find more to find healthier ways for me to satisfy it without and not now these are just me I'm not saying sure. right so and so the what I've perceived to be pleasurable in the past as I was younger even especially but like sexually and stuff like that um, had always it, in hindsight was just really a reflection of some other shit that I wasn't that shit again wait a minute but i have a question but you do yours first yeah so i just can we can i can we dive a little deep sure okay so i love what you're picking what you're pointing out and what i'm hearing you say is you've been very connected to your desires Mm -hmm. right almost what i hear you saying is like describing them as too connected right like they were so extreme for you you're like oh i don't know if this is this is not even a thing right Um, and I see that and I'm a little envious, right. As a woman, because I think Yanessa might be a a little bit of of an exception, right. But as a woman and as a woman who leads women, one thing that I find is that we really aren't taught and supported in this idea that we have desires and we can go after them. You understand? Mm. And so many women, especially the women that I work with, have a hard time even understanding what their desires are yeah. and that they have them and that it's okay, right? And so I hear you coming from the opposite end of that spectrum and saying, I'm almost too connected to my desires. I had to step back and find out why I'm desiring these things. And the desires, and, and it was really the way that they were showing up mm-hmm. more so, because I'm still connected to what it was that I was trying to bring forth I'm just doing different things to bring them forth now because before and and I think a lot of men are similar. We won't necessarily say desire as men. We'll say what makes us happy, which is a different statement. Yeah. Can I ask you a question before we? I feel like going down. Yeah. Yeah. True. Go ahead. When you say, the very first thing you said that kept me stuck, I heard what you said afterward, but part of my brain was still stuck on the first thing was, keep my desires in check. I guess what I don't understand is, what is it about your desires that made you go, ooh, that needs to be in check? Do you, are you saying you had a pure desire that you weren't, didn't agree with, or you didn't feel like that desire was really yours? Because in which case, you would not be very connected if you wanted to keep it in check. I think in my head, those two are dissonant concepts, but maybe I just didn't understand. So, and maybe I'm conflating desire for something else. And so, um, I have an addictive personality. And that addictive personality, if unchecked, can go down a certain path, wherever it ends up leading. It's one of the reasons why I don't drink anymore because that is something that just goes completely down the opposite, down the wrong street. Some of the ways in which I engaged in sexual 
encounters with women in the past were was done in ways that didn't necessarily always honor the woman at that particular time. And it was more about satisfying my own need, even if it was at the expense of that woman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so when <clears throat> I'm saying unchecked, that's what I'm actually referring to. You're saying the way that you manifest getting the desire is the problematic, not the desire itself, though. Right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. So your desires are fine. The way you went about seeking and fulfilling them, given your personality, you were recognized could be problematic. So it's really your method, yeah. not the actual desire. Okay. I understand Hint, hence why I said yeah. we're taking different paths yeah. to get to the same place, at and least I, from what I heard you say. And I hear everything you're saying. Um, and partly, and I have a bigger question that I'm so glad you said what you said then, because remember before we started, I said, I have a question. Total great segue. But it's very true that we do this because... I rarely have done something that I know that person is going to be fucked up when I do it, but I want that thing so bad. Um, and that's because I'm not inherently more altruistic than you are. I'm just really calculated and I, in, in my approach to those things because I know as a woman in this world, I have to be thoughtful about how blood hungry I am about things that are okay for me to have, but the world has said you're not allowed to have that. I will be really blood hungry and I'll be mm. like, in order to get that in a way that I can enjoy it, I have to take these specific steps and it doesn't take, it doesn't take the excitement away yeah. because I recognize that I have to outthink several people to get there and be whole when I get, I will always enjoy it but I don't want people to get um, so caught up in the way I got it that they can't just get over it because most people don't know how to think on their feet. Agreed. Right? That is exactly what I was pointing out, right? Is that, firstly, that's emotional labor that you just did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That men, mm -hmm. no offense, are not taught to do. Yep. Right? It's yeah. like, oh, or how not will me to do getting even. this desire, how will this affect the community at large? Right? Mm -hmm. How will it affect all of the people involved? Mm -hmm. That's not a thing that I see men being taught at a very early age around their desires. And black women have to do it more because there's so much expectation that we carry the community or the family or whatever it is on our back while getting a degree in so-and-so. So we can be strong and black and accomplished and blah, blah, blah. Well, and before we can even have those desires, we have to consider the yeah. outcome. Yeah, we're always considering the, the, the multiplicity of what it means for the various paths, which is why we are inherently more capable to do more things once we get over this idea that we aren't good enough, the things that a black woman has to do, for instance, in my world, in academia, to have all the things and understand your mindset, your mindset, your mindset, so I can get it without too much um, tumult, is a skill that most people don't have to employ. So is your statement implying that black men don't have to do that? I wasn't talking about black men. I was only talking about black women. Okay. I would never dare to speak for you because I don't know what tumult you deal with other than what I hear. And inherently, all that internal dialogue that you go through, no movie script, no book could ever explain it. I was married for 20 years to a black man. And despite people telling me, I would never assume that the tumult that I can't explain would be any better coming the other way. Okay. I'm only describing my experience. Gotcha. Okay. Exactly. 
Exactly. But I will say that <clears throat> I think when it comes to accessing our desires, women have a harder time being able to do that because of the emotional labor that is expected of us, right? Yeah. Men, I don't care what race you are, right? You are a little bit more allowed in the patriarchal societies that we live in to be connected to your desires, right? Boys will be boys. Yeah. So we're royal oats. We hear it all the time. But what I hear you saying, and this is something that I think black men do have to like contend with, mm -hmm. is the respectability politics of it all, right? Okay, I have this desire. I'm going to go get it. And now I've gotten it at the expense of others. And I feel like shit. Yeah. I feel not great. This desire that I wanted is not bringing me pleasure. I hear so much more about that, though. Yeah. This is a this is a narrative I almost never hear because if and I I'm not making a. Please let me say this without me having to work on what the fuck I'm gonna say. You know I what I'm you. saying? Yeah. If you look at hip hop culture, be it movies or music, there's no remorse. No. There's some shit don't feel right, my mind is playing tricks on me level, but it's still about more an intrinsic dialogue. It's not like, I sold crack to the kids, felt bad after. Yeah. There's not a lot of that remorse. And it doesn't mean it doesn't exist, it just doesn't sell, right? We also don't see it. Because it doesn't sell, yeah. so it's better to keep it in check than to say, that shit made me feel like shit. And sometimes <laughs> you, you see it, but it just doesn't have the label on yeah. it. Because a lot of, a lot of men, lack emotional intelligence and, and it and so they're feeling and processing all of these things and some of it doesn't necessarily correlate with what they see and what's being reinforced in society and it can sometimes come out as frustration and because we can't articulate it mm -hmm. and we don't have a strong enough relationship to what's going on in us and the practice of communicating it, because God forbid if we say something and it isn't clear, mm -hmm. that shit's going to turn into something else in the other person's head. And mm -hmm. so... You want to control it before it comes out. Yeah. And you don't have the language to you, even control you, it. So what you guys are saying so fits in this world where as speech pathologists, which is what I was trained in, there are kids who have high intelligence but low expressive capacity. And there are other kids who have both high intelligence and high expressive capacity. You can probably imagine that they're both born with the same range of intelligence, but 50% mm. of the capacity to express themselves. And they're treated in a particular way versus the ones who have 100% capacity and 100% capacity to express themselves. My analogy is saying that women are afforded and men have the same emotional range. You're born, you're a human, you have this emotional range. But men get practice at 50% because they're not supposed to have those feelings. But they have all those feelings, but you can only express 50% of it. Can you imagine how frustrated you are? Just like somebody who's super, super smart, but can only say 50% because the language just isn't there because the practice isn't there. So it makes sense that there would be the emotions you're allowed to express, rage, frustration, Society said you're okay to do that. You're allowed to be in these movies where you're like chopping people's necks off and blah, blah, blah. You're allowed to do that. But you're not allowed to have a sweet, sensitive moment with the woman you love, not in front of people, For that's for damn sure, right? So what do you do with those feelings? You put something else in there or you just don't say it and you just suppress and suppress and suppress. And so I wanna make sure, I don't think I've ever had the opportunity to, to to communicate this and thank you all. The desire piece is big because everything in a male's 
world is about that. Boys will be boys. There's a cost associated with that that I don't think gets talked about, which adds to that guilt. I don't know how to fucking be happy. I know how to get pussy. I know how to come. I know how to get my dick sucked. But I don't. Money. But I don't know how to be happy. And and so. And you're not allowed to talk about the fact that you don't know how. Because everything has been wrapped up into desire. You got all the women, so why aren't you happy? And, That's what they told you to make you happy. And so. Happy. And so, what do you do at the end of the road when you realize that all of this desire, chasing all of this, and having it be reinforced? Now you're at a point to where you've got to actually sit with yourself <laughs> to figure that the fuck out. Yes. And nothing around you supports that effort. I have a suggestion. Can you I go first? Yeah, yes, I can feel it. So, okay. I think what I'm hearing you say is there's a lot of um, desire that's experienced. <clears throat> But I think when we really start to inspect the desire, right? So let's just, I know I have teenage boys, right? The desire for teenage boys is pussy, sex, right? Like, at least that's what they think it is. That's what they're told it is. Right. That's what society says is acceptable right. at that point. But really, what I see the desire to be is intimacy mm. and vulnerability yeah. and acceptance and love, Yep. right? But we can't say those things, mm -hmm. yep. especially as men. Y'all can't say, I want vulnerability, intimacy, and love. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. And so, so you look for it in the thing that is acceptable, which is sex, right? And so I see so many. Or power many, or money. Or power or money, mm -hmm. right? And so I see so many men, especially, who are like, for lack of a better term, whores, right? Yeah. Just fucking all the things, right? But the reason for that is because they are on a perpetual search for love and intimacy. Hamster wheel of sex. And, and the lust. only time they experience it is when their clothes are off and their dicks are getting sucked or a girl is like caressing their face yeah. and telling them they love them during sex. And so that's what's acceptable in society. And so they're like, that's what my desire is. When really that's not the desire. The desire on its head is to be loved, to feel affection, to feel intimacy, mm -hmm. to feel connection. But you're not allowed to say that. And No, you go. Well, I was gonna say, that is the beginning of it, that starting a teenage, when you said, what do you do with it? How do you rectify it? You might not remember your teenage self, but you remember all those women you ran through who tried to connect to you and said something to you like you're unavailable. You have not forgotten those moments no. where a woman told you something and you said, that's why you don't know me. And you pushed her off, who was actually gonna be good for you. If you don't get on that bus, it's just going to keep circulating. And I'm not saying that bus ride is going to be better. You might be an old-ass bus by the time you get on it. You keep letting all these good women run, run through these good women because, you know, you want to get higher and higher caliber the more experience you have. You don't want this so-and-so to do it. Or you would admit that those are the people you're having sex with. But the person who you want is probably going to be a woman who, like, demonstrates that you've made it in some way. And that's the person who sees you and says... This is what your problem is. This is the problem. And they see it, and you say, trying to change me. No, I see you. I'm not trying to change you. I recognize what your desires are. Truly. You think I'm trying to change you, but you haven't accepted that that's what you want. You're because it doesn't align with what the patriarch told you your value is. Exactly. And what you don't know is you are born with value because you existed. 
in your moments that you existed, you had enough value more than any white man with a mansion and a yacht. Yeah. You had as much value as he did, but people told you didn't. So getting all these things, it's not going to make you more valuable. If you don't see your inherent value, and if you're with a woman or a man or whoever who sees that inherent value and you box them away because it makes you uncomfortable, that's the person you need to go back and talk to and say, I know I fucked it up, but when you said that shit, I couldn't accept it. Can we talk about it? We don't have to be together, but yeah. you saw me. What did you see? And sometimes you've burned the bridge to a point to where you can't go back. Yeah. And, and, and I think, and that's, that's okay too. But as long as you, because the path that we're going to take to ultimately get to that point, especially as men, and this is one of the reasons why I even have this tune the force shit, to be 100% honest. I'm the illest, most nigga nigga on the planet. <laughs> and I'm adding them on top of each other for a specific reason. Because I think it is important for other black men to carry the energy and the vibe and, and have the life experience that I have to hear, to hear a man like that speak about some of these things and some of the things that they're struggling with because we just don't see it. At all. And, and, I, the, and what suffer. Can I challenge that? Go ahead. Sure, go ahead. Every time I hear white people say they don't see racism, I heard what you said. And let me just say this. I'm both black and female. I don't have the male or white perspective. I have the perspective of someone who experiences both racism and sexism. And I just think that it is convenient for white people to say, since George Floyd, I didn't know it was there. All these police started killing people. It's like, you just didn't, every time it happened, you said the police were good. You inherently went with the thing that made you feel good. I think men go with the thing that makes them feel good because the thought that I would be that horrible person, it doesn't vibe with anybody. Nobody wants to believe they're that person because you know what, deep down inside, you weren't that person when you were a kid. You weren't that person. You now think this way, but you're still not that person the second you realize it. So it's hard for me as a woman to say that men don't see it because they also talk about it differently with men than women. If you didn't adjust your language when I'm around, then you would, that means you see it. When you code switch when women are around, it means you see it. Maybe not the extent, but it's somewhere yeah. there. It's living under there. And, and sometimes it's... Because white people code switch around us. Why? You're not racist. Shit, we code switch around white people. But it's different for our protection. It is. For, and, and for Literally for, for life, not yeah. because I don't want to look like a bad person. Yeah, yeah. So I understand what you're saying, and I agree to a degree. To a degree. <laughs> I can tell you that I didn't understand how I really showed up in women's life until maybe about five years ago. I love what you're about. Anything you're gonna say after this is orgasm worthy. Please keep the going. The fact that you said you <laughs> even recognize how you show up in women's life means you know you have value and impact. But That's I didn't. That's what a lot of black men don't realize. You have value and impact and you impact us in whatever way comes out of you, whether you thought about it or not, whether it was intentional or not, you fucking impacted us. And that's emotional but you, labor. But you just said that you don't think, so I'm trying, I'm challenging that piece. Do it. So I did, I honest to God didn't know. I honestly didn't know. And I had a sister friend here. We talked for about four hours, long fight. I didn't agree with certain things. I'm embarrassed at the kind of conversation that I had and the things that I exposed in that conversation that day. And I am thankful that the relationship 
that I had with her and the love that she had for me and the patience allowed her to push through that extreme discomfort so that I could get it. And once I got it, I was like, oh, oh, I didn't know before. <laughs> I still don't fully know. All I can say is I am much more aware of how I show up. And, and I, and I, and, and my, and my, um, and my promise is to stay mindful, not to be perfect. Cause I got a whole different fucking side of the joint. Right. But so for a man, it, I ain't the only one. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And, and, and we're cold switching with certain things in the same way that other people do, but they're, they're the things that we're cold switching about uh, for men are not are rarely things that a woman would even know that we're code switching about. Yeah. That's okay. That is the question. That comes back to the question I was going to ask you. I don't know if this is going to come out properly. Did you have something to say? No. What is it, or is there something here where I don't think women ever do this, where they calibrate that a man might be too good for them? I don't think they spend as much time thinking that, oh, he has too much money. He has too much power. He's too mature. He has such a good family. I don't think I can be with him. In fact, they're like, the higher the better. Sign me up. Exactly. <laughs> but I find that men, and I can't say black men, white men, I'm just going to say men, yeah. have a thing where there's like, oh, she's too many rungs up the ladder for me. And I always wonder, even sexually, there's like intimidation impacts their capacity to even perform, right? And whatever the intimidations is, really whatever's in there, they built in their head, whether it's imagined or, or real, real, whatever, right, right. right? But the point is, I'm wondering if it's because there is a sense of, I might not be good enough for this woman, and it's possible that they feel better with a woman who's at their level or even slightly below in terms of their value in the world. Mm -hmm. And I'm only asking that because the um, comparison is women don't get caught up so much in their value in the world other than, unfortunately, their fertility. That's still a thing for women. Um, am I, you know, can I, like, there's still something tied to their identity, like, I can't give birth. Whether they want to have kids or not, this yeah. idea that if you want to have kids, I have to justify right, 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 that right. to you, or I don't have a man. Well, or get they, married. Or, yeah. yeah, I don't yeah. have a man, or whatever it is. Marriage and kids are still a thing that even if they don't want, it's like people still get them caught up in that. But they still will marry way up. Marrying up is a is a is expectation. Yeah. If you marry down as women's like, girl, you could have done better. Mm -hmm. There are very few men who's like, she had no job. Da, da, da. It's like, yeah, but I get to provide that and be a man. Is there any truth to this idea that there's a difference there? So I would say that it's just dudes not knowing who they are. I can say that I have experienced most, I've been that dude. Most times when I'm out, I hate talking about what I do. I hate talking about anything that lets you know that, that can give you any line of sight into what my financial situation is. I just find it boring. I find it uninteresting, whatever the term is. So when I'm out and I don't dress like I have resources. Mm -hmm. And so when I'm out, Women are gauging me based on superficial shit. What they've made up in their mind. What they've made up in their yeah. mind. And so, to your point, when they realize I'm not like this Ivy League dude or 
I'm not really having, they, they can't, they ask me where I went to school and I tell them I have a GED or whatever the case may be, then they are done. They just move on and do something else. Like they're, they're no longer interested because I don't match some superficial baseline of where they feel their ideal partner should be. They don't give a fuck about how I think. They don't give a fuck about the dots I connect. They don't care about nothing other than what they perceive value to be. And so men, similarly, as a result of that, are doing something the same because their value is wrapped. The average man's value is wrapped up in what they can do. It's a performance-based yes. thing. Like, I can't just be here, not to say a part of it, not to say you can just sit there and not do nothing, but that's their sole purpose. And sometimes they can get so wrapped up in that that they forget how to make themselves happy, mm -hmm. how to do a bunch of these other things because they're so devoted to this role that they lose sight. I have a, I have a family member, built a beautiful business, devoted and sacrificed for his family, looks up, getting a divorce. He don't know what the fuck to do. He doesn't even know who he is. You know, that's so that. interesting because I see that in women too, right? We take on this role of wife and mother and caregiver and provider of nurture, nourishment, right? Mm -hmm. And we lose our identities, mm. right? It, because this is what society says makes us valuable. We're not valuable unless we're, unless we're someone's wife, unless we are, you know, someone's mother. And yeah. so um, we <laughs> find these roles and then we look up 40, 45, 50, and we're getting divorced and we don't know what the fuck to do because we've lost our identities in this too, right? And I think it all really boils back down to where are our desires truly coming from? And who are you? Right. Because full circle to the introduction, I didn't say I'm a wife, I'm a mom, I'm a former professor. Those are things I did those have nothing to do with me. If I never got married, never had kids, and was a, uh, someone who just ran around the street um, selling bean pies, I don't know why I said that. Maybe <laughs> because the corn is right there and I yeah. thought of bean pies. Yeah. But um, <laughs> I would be exactly the same person. Yeah. I would be, ex but that's because I always had a strong sense of self. But I do find that when you ask people to introduce themselves, they say things that happened based on things they've attained that had nothing to do with what the character they had long before they decided yeah. what degree they're going to have or if they're going to get a degree, yeah. if they even knew if they wanted to get married, before they even had puberty to even know if they're going to have kids. The core of who they were was fixed, but it was never enough. And that's why I love what you, what you said. And that was powerful. I've never heard a person, when I say, hey, tell me a little bit about yourself. They'd be like, oh, I did this, I do this, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, who are you? Like, you literally fucking described who you are. <laughs> And there's nobody who watched that be like, you could have heard that list and be like, Ianessa? You need to see me. Just the list, girl. Yeah. That is my friend, Ianessa. Woo, let me day. go ahead on an ad. She forgot. <laughs> and I would say, yep, absolutely. Also my kids like would like when people are late. Like, this is awesome. And, <laughs> and, and, and your, what you do is not, doesn't, isn't synonymous with who you are. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. And For I, me, it is. I, and, and that's where I felt that when you said it, that was who you are. Yeah. So, it's my life's work. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, which is not true for everybody. I mean, yep. like, it's not, not true for me. the guy at the Chick Fil A. His life work, life's work is not fucking flipping mm-hmm. chicken. Like, that's not his life's work, right? Yeah. I'm really grateful and lucky and blessed to have found my purpose and calling very early in life. Right, eight years ago, I knew exactly what I was put on this earth for. I knew exactly what it was. I know God blessed me with a specific set of skills, a specific talent to do a thing to solve a need, and I know exactly what that is. Most people don't. I had to quit my job and fumble around to connect with people who see me enough for me to create enough space Hmm. to even figure out what the fuck I wanted to do. Yes. I didn't know. I go back to your process. Like you have a desire enough to know you had to quit your job, but the process to getting there is just a little different, right? It was just it was just a little different. And 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 now I love helping people. That's I, dharma. I did not fucking know that that was like a thing. Like I literally feel like that's my life. Are you familiar with the concept of dharma? I do not. Okay. Oh, I, see, I knew people didn't know. No, you were right. I, I, I am not familiar. Okay. Were you? Okay. Uh, so uh, there's a book by Deepak Chopra. You know that's Oprah's like guru. I'm familiar right? with him. Um, Deepak Chopra wrote a book called The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, and it it's a short book. It's on I audio. got it over there. I haven't read it in a long time. I don't remember Dharma. Read it again. The last part is Dharma. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dharma is this concept that basically says we were all every single person on this earth was blessed with a specific set of talents and interests and abilities that they've been put on this earth to help serve humanity with, Mm. right? And once you figure out what those talents and abilities are and the purpose that you are to serve, literally all of the doors of wealth and health and like, like there is nothing that can stop you. The universe opens doors for you, right? That happened in my business, it happened in her business and every person who I've talked to who's recognized, okay, I have this unique set of skills and I'm going to use this skill to help people have no worries about bills or money or like literally where fulfillment, fulfillment where is this going to come from? It's happening because I'm doing the thing I was literally put here to do. And That's you're, it. you're being open to give means you hands are constantly open to receive. Yep. And the reason you have a problem giving because it's just flowing out of you. Because you have enough. You're filled with it. It, yeah. is, it is what you're composed of. Yeah. So Deepak says that his kids, he doesn't tell his kids that they need to get good grades, they need to go to the best schools. No, he tells them about Dharma. He tells them that they all have unique talents and gifts, and they have to figure out why they're here to help humanity. What is the thing that they're here to do to help humanity? And all of his kids went to the best schools. They got the best grades. They are not hurting for money because this is the principle that they were raised on, and they figured it out. I like that. So, and yeah. and I can, I can affirm that because that's how that's how I feel. I sleep easier. Mm-hmm. It's um, mm-hmm. but again, you've got, sometimes you have to move certain. You've got to put yourself in a very. Let me. I don't, I don't know what you got to do. I had to put myself in a very uncomfortable situation mm-hmm. um, in order to figure that out. Well, because often the, that happens because not everybody's following it from day one because not everybody had Deepak as a dad to say. Yeah. Most people had immigrant parents. Like, he was like, money, find a career that make you money. You know what I'm mm. saying? It wasn't like, follow your heart. 
<laughs> Nobody in my family said follow your heart. Me either, honey. But I do. I have parents who do what they love. My mom was the dean for student life at Howard, and my mom, my dad was an orthopedic tech, and they love their jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I grew up knowing that whatever I do, I have to love. I know you can love your job, but also require that job to where doors aren't opening necessarily. Mm -hmm. There, it's you know, yeah. there it, it's a continuum. It's not a not in your pres, not in your DARPA, in your DARPA. Well, right? the thing is, so I, it's possible that they can love what they do, but also maybe there was something along the lines that they really would have done. But maybe racism and doors weren't open to them that way too. Who I love chocolate also. Okay. I don't want to be a chocolatier, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's not my purpose here. Yeah. That's not my dharma. Yeah. I'm not gonna be a chocolatier. Sure, maybe in a past life that was like my thing, but like not now because I recognize that like it has it's it's less about oh I love this thing, but like I love and feel connected and feel like I can change the world with this. Yeah. Thing. And so, and some and that's where I feel like purpose of like adolescent like that the young early period of your life is so that you can bump into enough shit try enough things yeah, start yeah. over yeah. Mm -hmm. make mistakes so you can figure it out and so that you can align with that I'm not going to say me finding it out later was too late or whatever because it's it's perfect I feel I feel like full yeah. in that way but my ego wants to say, man, if I'd have found out that shit when I was like 20. You might not have done it when you were 20, though. Wouldn't have. I would have been. been You'd have fucked it all up. I would have been fucking around, <laughs> being a fuck boy. <laughs> kidding. You're kinda. not kidding. It's kinda. okay. Kind of. You felt that? Kind of. Withdraw. This is me. Just so, playing, just playing. So here, I do have a question, though. Okay. okay. What is desire? Ooh. I can say. Okay. It is a yearning in your soul. Whether it's your loins or your gut or your heart, it is a longing, a yearning, a burning for a thing in your soul. That's desire. Can a desire be masked as something else? Oh, for sure. For sure. I think, I think for sure. A lot of women want sex and say, I just want to get married. And you're just like, because you know, it's just, I'm going to speak for myself. Man. I was raised in a very religious household. My dad was the pastor of the church that I went to. It was a Pentecostal church. I was Ooh. a church pianist from age seven to 14. Oh, you played the piano. I was also a piano major through high school. So, and um, a PK, which means you're a little a bit PK. of a freak. That's okay. Oh, it's she, okay. Ah, I'm those, she, PK. It's she, okay. I know. She out there, out there. <laughs> those who say don't know, those who know don't say. Hey, I'm going to be quiet then. Mm. Um, so the point is that the, the um, rhetoric in the church was it's very t better to marry than to burn, meaning if you have a burning desire for somebody, just marry them, then you can have sex with them, which to me is strangely and wildly problematic. Hmm. Um, I never did that, but still, my point is, women aren't even allowed to say, I just want to fuck. So what they do is they find a safe place to fuck with a person who's not safe for their emotions. Mm -hmm. But I can fuck for free. Mm -hmm. At what extent to your freedom? For freedom? No, you ain't fucking for freedom. You fucking for free. It's not the dummy. same thing. <laughs> no, don't call them dumb no, no, because no, no, they don't know any different. But it's They're, free, they were dumb. programmed. But I, 
I mean, even there, there's still some condemnation around not knowing, and You're not right. knowing is programmed. Yeah. It's just yeah. like the poor kid who's been in school, who's black and too dark, so all the teachers treat them like shit, and they don't know why they're not good. They're just not good, but it had nothing to do with that kid. Yeah. Yeah. And he thinks he's dumb, but he's just too many shades darker than the other brown or lighter-skinned kids. And so when he realizes that um, that's the problem, he has so much reprogramming to do. And yeah. so many women have so much reprogramming to do. So that's a good example of masking it with a, um, a palatable thing that society likes that was never something you, you don't even know if you want it. Maybe you always want it, but you didn't have the freedom to even know. Let me bump into all the things. When you say teenagers be able to bump into things, the teenagers who can do it are always white boys. White boys can fuck up and shoot up a school. And it's like, well, he's he he just trying to figure out life, y'all. Yeah. Yeah. But us, I can't get pregnant at 14. I was yeah. always a bad des- seed, Jezebel seed. That's the way they're born. So yes, everyone should have the chance to do it, but you can't know to your, your desires if the second you're born, you're told that that thing that genetically you're predetermined and wired to like, you're not even allowed to think about in your head, much less say it out loud to someone who's safe, because you might end up at the altar telling everybody your business and crying on a Saturday night. It's just not gonna work. So let me ask you a question. How has your relationship to sex changed as you've gotten closer to your desires? My relationship to sex has changed in that I am more content with, I'll say my capacity, than I wanted to give myself credit for. And by my capacity is the range of sexual experiences that I allow myself to go into. It can be prudish vanilla sex or very not prudish vanilla sex. And of course, what that is depends on the person. I don't mm-hmm. know. Somebody thinks the missionary position is, is not the crazy. <laughs> what, what y'all doing in these streets? You know That's what I mean? Freaky. I'm not going to sit here and say what freaky is to somebody else. I'm saying whatever my range is, yeah. whatever my sexual range is, I can get in any space there and be completely okay with that. So I'm allowed to be content in that. I'm not going to over or underthink it. I'm just going to do it. So you've expanded your acceptance of the range. Of my range. Of okay. my range. And someone else's range is their range. Right. And that's good for you. You don't okay. have to have my range. But I know what my range is, and I'm going to explore it with as much freedom and as much um, vigor as I decide I'd like to explore it in. So how do you, do you, um, is there any governor with that? Like, is there, is, you trust yourself enough to Implicitly. not... Okay. Do you know why? Implicitly. We, do you know what we use to trust ourselves? No. Embodiment. Embodiment. What is that? Look at that. She took it out of my mouth. Look at you. Embodiment is um, the way that we listen to what our bodies are telling us about what our bodies are experiencing. Right? Before so, our brain overrides it. So you know that we are experiencing everything in this quantum field, right? Our minds are experiencing one thing, but our bodies are experiencing something else, right? For example, if it's hot in here, right? My brain is like, oh, it's good. You're good. I'm good. We're good. But my body is sweating. So my body is like, it's too fucking hot in here. My brain needs to say, hey, can you turn the air conditioning on? Because it's too hot in here, right? Yeah. This is the way that our brains and our bodies kind of experience a Can I just add something to what you're saying? Yeah. 
your brain knows it's hot, but your brain might be overriding because you don't want to be the person to be asking people to change the environment. Does that make uh, sense? You're hot as fuck, but you're like, everyone else seems fine. Because you don't want to be the first one so to ask So your brain overrides you. like, we'll be okay. We'll be We're okay. going to ignore your we'll body okay. today. We can't do this. I'm just going to like ask for some water. I'm that just was a good just... point to add. So yeah, that was that the was only great. thing. Because your brain knows it, but there's another part of your brain that's trying to be socially acceptable that overrides what you know your body's feeling. Gotcha. And my embodiment, I know when... Uh, I'm not going to say I'm perfect here, but I'm in tune enough to know that sexual experience is not for me. That one is for me. That person's not me. The circumstance is not me. I need one more date, blah, 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 whatever. I'm very in tune with that. The second I feel a little bit of, mm -mm, it can wait. It, it can absolutely wait. Mm. But that is it because. It can absolutely wait. And that is because we have learned to listen to our bodies, right? We spend a lot of time. Our brains are big as shit, right? Our brains override our bodies all the time. You've been sitting in that position for the past 10 minutes. Your back is going to hurt in 10 more minutes, right? The pressure from all of your weight being on your hips is going to make your back hurt, right? And so your Thanks, brain, because I want to look cool. I'm looking oh, cool. Oh, is that why like I was doing right that? Here. So your brain is like, no, we look cool. We on camera. I can't we look good. relaxed. This ain't relaxed. We good. But but our brain has the tendency to be like, oh, no, we look cool. We're, we're going to overthink this. We're going to not listen to our bodies. Fuck our bodies right now because we need to look good in this moment, right? That happens so often. And so this concept of embodiment is so like novel to how, folks. How often are y'all talking about this with young women? When we what? When like, let, me, let me rephrase that. Is this something that young women are being introduced to? Everyone, introduced to every this? human being has it inherently. Everybody well, has it. Well, meaning the concept to, 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 to hone it and yeah. to listen. I don't necessarily know who is being targeted with this kind of education, maybe you know, about embodiment. I can tell you. Yeah. I, I can tell you right now, embodiment is a thing that you will find in women's wellness spaces, right? Like women's wellness, especially black women's wellness spaces, we are very much focused on embodiment. Now, that is because this is where it needs to be. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah. Like yeah, the people yeah. who are called to do are the, the people who need it the most, right? So yes, there are spaces where people can go to learn about embodiment. But is it restricted to young black women? No, like right, all right. people need embodiment. And one thing to remember is that embodiment can be trauma informed and not real in that moment. Mm. So for instance, if you've had some kind of trauma that made you a little anxious, your heart started to rate, race and you felt like, oof, I don't feel good here. And it's happened. And this moment is not actually that, but your, your body's informed by previous things. Embodiment still allows you to know, oh, I'm feeling this thing. I recognize that this moment is not one of those dangerous moments. I'm actually reading this from the past. How can I reconfigure what I'm feeling right now? You still acknowledge it, but you can position it into a space where you're like, I am not at risk. I am not a threat. There is no threat here. This is happening because in the past I experienced this, but at this moment, this feeling is something I can breathe through. So it's still embodiment. The question is, are you aware of what's informing it? That's and a good point. And I think embodiment really does happen on so many levels and we just are so taught to ignore it. For example, we are, you know, the Me Too movement is huge right now, right? And I hear a lot of men saying, mm, I can't even talk to women anymore. I can't say nothing to them. I can't tell them that they're beautiful. I can't hold a door open. This Me Too everywhere, right? The thing is, if more men were to practice embodiment, especially when it comes to engaging with people that they're sexually interested in, then this Me Too movement, I think, would be... Um, a thing that is a lot more understood, right? So for example, you're at a bar, you see a girl, your desire says, I want her, right? 
you see her, you meet her, you get to talk to her, your body's still saying, I want her, right? But your body's also saying, mm, maybe she don't want me, so let me buy her another couple drinks, right? <laughs> Good example. <Ooh. laughs> I'm going to buy example. her another couple drinks so that maybe her embodiment, <laughs> maybe well, her body well, might down. want me a little more, you know what I mean? And at the end of the day, you your body knows that if she it takes two or three drinks for her to want you, that's not really something that you want. Your body will tell you that. And you, you know why your body will it. tell you that? Because there's a woman in your life for whom you would say that guy's not going to work for you. And you're that guy, but you don't want to admit you're that guy in that moment. So let me ask you this. Because you said the embodiment can also be informed by trauma. Mm -hmm. So I meet a woman in a club. I'm one of those kind of dudes who used to be real in tune with women who I could use. Mm -hmm. Let me rephrase that. I'm in tune with any woman. I just chose to devote more energy sure. and time in this area. Okay. I could have picked, because I'm that dude. Mm -hmm. But anyway, <laughs> so there's something in me. My body is informing me. But what I was actually being informed by at that moment was something in me that wasn't necessarily the healthiest. So from a from an embodiment standpoint, now I can connect with her. Now I'm connecting with her because I know I can use her. I know I can do some of the raunches. I know I can I know I can use her in the way that I want to use her. Yeah. And then let it go. Mm -hmm. What is that? My question to you is, when you know that, when you are in that position, you're like, oh, okay, I know that I can do this. I know that I'm in a space where I can manipulate and manifest the things that I want. Is your body saying, this is a thing we definitely should do? Yes. Hmm. Because my trauma is informing me that, like, I'm, I, I get to repeat something. Go ahead. You're going to say, when you said, what is that, and you said this, I think a step before is your body is training you to use a skill you have in the wrong way. You had a skill of good intuition with other humans. You honed it on women because the universe, the universe tells you that your value is tied up in getting women. So you just honed it the wrong way. Agreed. That's the only thing that happened here. When you say, what is that? It's like the fact that you have great intuition and the fact that you use it in a vulnerable population because it makes you better. So how do I, so if I were to follow the embodiment standpoint Wait, let him finish his question. Because I want to hear it. I don't know what he's going to say. So I know what he's going to say. Go ahead. If, if, so, if I'm going to follow it, yeah. then that's not the embodiment. I mean, that's the... I forgot the... Let him finish. Let him have a thought. No, go ahead, because you might help me, Reba. Go. Can I ask you two questions? No, you can ask me three. No, there's only two. <laughs> there's only two questions, right? Okay. So uh, I believe in the law of karma, mm -hmm. right? And in order for us to consistently and positively have positive karma in this world, right, we have to understand how our choices consciously affect other people. Yeah. Right? And so the reason why I asked about your body is because, yes, your body, on the one hand, the, like, the flesh in you, like, the, the basic, like, lower vibrational parts of you are going to be like, yeah, let's do this, right? But that's not the only part of your body, Right. Your body is not just the lower vibrational parts of you, but it's your higher self, too. Right. And your higher self will give you those daggers in your belly. That's like, mm, 
this is probably not the best thing for her, right? But your ego can help you override all of it, though. So the two questions that I wanted to ask, right? And this is what comes, when it comes down to conscious choice making, right? These are the two questions you ask yourself. The first choice question is, is this the best decision for me? Obviously, yes. your body is going to be like, yeah, right? The second question, and I think really it's the most important question, is, is this the right decision for everyone else involved? So the way a lot of this shit is set up now, mm -hmm. I feel, is, so here's what I talk to dudes about. Mm -hmm. I don't give a fuck if she says yes. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Mm -hmm. Especially if I'm talking to the dudes who got the superpower that I got. Yeah. No. There's a lot more at stake here, and you don't get to just hide behind the fact that, that she, she said, said yes. it's good for her. Yeah. You also have a responsibility in it. So when you can do that thing and all of that, you can, you can, you can manipulate things to a certain point to make it feel like that person is best for her. If you're being dominated by that desire to go after that exactly thing. That's exactly what Reba was saying. That's yes. exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, right? you guys are saying the same thing. Yep. But the bottom line is, if you lie to yourself enough, you lie to everybody. Once you've convinced yourself that you, that's who you are, you are not a guy who would do that. Now, keep in mind what I'm saying. If you tell yourself, I am not that guy. I would never do that to women. I'm not a womanizer. I'm not sexist. I would never try to do anything to a woman to make her say yes when she doesn't want to. If you say that to yourself, you have to go, oh, actually, I am that person. The problem is that that list is synonymous with rapist. There's, very, there's a continuum. There's a continuum. Just because you would do that to a woman, it doesn't mean you're a rapist. It does not mean you're a rapist. But are you an emotional rapist? Oh, so yes, you're all, you're, you're, not but, you, but, not you, but, a person. But you're not, so at the time, Mm -hmm. I'm falling into this desire thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm following the track that had been set. And what Agreed. I'm saying yes. is, agree, right? But what I'm saying is, you are listening to one portion of your body. Yeah. And that right? part has won out so much because there's so much external validation that you didn't know that there's another part that's kind of in there. And I'm going to tell you when that other part comes out. It comes out when there's a woman who you love, who you don't have sexual interest in, who you see that happening to and you want to jump to her aid. That means you have it in you. Your daughter, your sister, your mom, your aunt. Your just friend. a great-ass friend. And you're like, that dude ain't right for her. And you know that because you know that dude because that dude is, is you. you. And you only comes out in moments when you don't want that person. You can see it clearly because nothing is at stake for you. That is down here. It's now your emotion and your care for that person. But when you don't have that care for the person for whom your sexual desire overrides, you can't, that sexual desire is so much louder than that other capacity that this is a human. But when you don't have the sex, you can actually hear this part that says that's a human. So it's there, it just you don't practice using it. Okay. 100%. I got Your you. highest self is 100% there. But when you are le looking at your lowest, the lowest And that's always the loudest leave, part of you. Yeah. Then, of course, it's easy for you to ignore your body. But there are still parts of you who look back on that and you're like, oh, I 
your belly is like, oh, I should. Yeah. You see them again, you're like, oh, look yeah. over here. Why That's can't your you body. look her in the eye? I feel, hey, listen. It's embodiment. You keep coming up on women who you, <laughs> you know, you had community dick moments with, <laughs> yeah. and you don't want that person to talk to that person. You can't even walk in the club anymore. Oh shit, so and so's here. Right. And then and you realize, and you realize you can't even. You were like, you have so set so many landmines. You can't even walk a straight line like a straight human being that you say you are. Maybe that's why I don't go out no more. That's why a lot of guys. A lot of guys. I be seeing a dude drop in pics, and I was like, "I'm good." They're not even free to do it. And here's a thing that's really great to me. Oh, this is so beautiful. When men can't even talk about who they've had sex with for fear that they done already had sex with the same crew. I want no. I want no. I want. Why? Because you're ashamed. Are you ashamed if you I ain't sex because you like you like your number? Why can't we talk about our numbers? Okay, that that they that those dots and lines intersect might connect. So we about what, to talk what about the numbers? With that. No, no, no. no I want to talk about numbers. No, no, no. Wait, are we talking about body count or corpse or count? Or corpse count. Do you know what a corpse count is? Listen, y'all weigh more into Wait, let me just tell you. For a woman, there's a body count and, and a, a corpse, corpse count. count. A body count is how many people you had sex with and they made, made you, you orgasm. A corpse count is you had sex with them, but that don't count. That's not a body. That was a corpse. You did not orgasm. Because where person. was the orgasm? Do you know the it orgasm was, I got gap. nothing out of it. That's a corpse. You might be several corpses in. The orgasm know. gap among heterosexual couples is for every hundred times that a man and a woman in a relationship have sex, that man will orgasm 95 times, that woman will orgasm 65 times. So the likelihood that you have as many corpse counts in their mind <laughs> as your body counts, you don't want to hear that number either. It's stratified. <laughs> There's layers to the shit. Well, the other thing is, so, the other thing about numbers is pussy is a commodity. Dick is a plenty. Does that make sense? Yes, because so, the vibrator gets you there faster. So, so, so this, I could walk outside and throw a rock and get some dick. Yeah. Right, good dick. <laughs> Men will go outside and throw a rock and pray for pussy. Yeah. You understand that mm-hmm. it is not. It's not the same when it comes to the proportion that it's received in. Right, quality, quantity. Yeah. So, so this idea that like numbers, men always flip out over. No- Women's numbers will always be bigger than that, y'all's forever and ever and ever. Really, because. Dick is not a thing that we're like, oh, I got to go find me some dick. No, I can literally Whenever open my phone, it. throw a rock into my car like, and, and find some dick. And Joey. <laughs> but pussy is not necessarily not. And I'm not speaking to those who have superpowers. Yeah, okay? Thank you. Because listen, I'm not. I'm not. No need to get offended when you know there, you're right? a striker. Not speaking for those who have superpowers, but if we are just comparing penis and vagina, you still have to work harder. You have to have a superpower. There to get is. It. You, you have to have a superpower no, have no to get pussy. I have to be just born with. You just got to be breathing and have a pussy and literally have a pussy and walk outside. That's it. That's it. There is no. And like, you know what else? When you walk outside, you simply have to be reasonably pleasant or mean and available. It don't matter. <laughs> mean and available. I don't. I don't. Come on, nigga, hurry up. I don't care about body count. <laughs> It's not a it's not a thing for me. Good. I'm so it's It's not it whatever. I'm more concerned with. How is my thing? How what? How you came to get the person? Like What the process is like? I like Mm. I'm curious to know how you think, how you are you saying before sex or during sex? Oh, oh, like so like if I'm talking to a woman and she says, 
Oh, I've been with a hundred dudes. Yeah. Like, okay, a hundred dudes. It's, it's just a number. That's just one data point, right? Right. So let's talk about your relationship with sex. Like, how mm -hmm. do you connect? Like, what, how do you normally engage? You. What metrics do you use? Now, if you're I've just saying. I've been with a hundred dudes and I ain't never came before. Or, or she's just long. walking down the street and she's just grabbing dudes. Not just, I'm just throwing an example sure. of yeah. a how. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But. You're one of those kind of women who are just in tune in a way to where you're, you have a superpower and you understand what the relationship is and you're able to, you're when able you, to. You asked me this question when I said I trust myself implicitly with my range and knowing I get hit anywhere in my range. And you talked about embodiment. I know what my process is. I am a sapiosexual slash demisexual. <laughs> Sapiosexual means I'm, in I'm attracted to intelligence and good conversations and blah, blah, blah. Not degrees, they're not the same thing. You don't have to have a degree. There are a shit ton of intelligent people who have all kinds of educational backgrounds. If our minds connect, it is gonna be a far, li yeah. far likelier that we're gonna end up having sex. One, two, I have to have a connection with you. I don't have to have like a, a 10 year long connection, right. but I have to think about you after that. I can't be like, oh, well shit, I done forgot about you. Yeah. Hey now. I have to think about him and then something pops like, I want to text him and ask him that. You are on my mind. That's my process. And if that doesn't happen, I'm forcing it. If it happens, it doesn't mean it's guaranteed, but at least have it's to It's their have job that. to fuck it up. You have, exactly. exactly. You literally at this point just have to so fuck it and up. And I cannot tell you how many how times many oh, men talk themselves out of the position. Oh my God. It, you it were there and you lost my mind. I'm like, I wish that's a whole the pussy in your pocket, and you're like, actually, you know what? I don't need this. I'm gonna just put this right on back where they I drop it. it on the floor, accidentally step on it. Oh what? shit! What? Drop it again. You're like, oh, just don't say anything. Shut else. up and kiss me. <laughs> and I wish, I wish, I you know, just before it's gonna happen, you're like, just broke up. Shut up. Ah, damn. You just talk to yourself. I know. <laughs> and it's not because we're too. Um, Trivial, because it's happened so many times, right? You try to like commandeer them in the right direction. It's I like know. you have it, yeah. and they don't think they have it. It's the confidence to know you <laughs> have it, and they don't have to say shit else. And they'd be like, "So ah, stop trying, stop trying." Like, so so I'm gonna stop put my trying arm around you now. Shut so, up. So, so you're saying that if I kiss you, it's gonna be okay? Like, ah, uh, you're not gonna go me too on me. Right? I know. It's like, shut up. Oh my no, God, it's still not, here. I know. We're so mad Jesus. right now. <laughs> From the dick we didn't get that we fucking wanted. And it was going to be, um, what do you call it, morgue dick? Corpse. Corpse dick Corpse anyway. Cow, exactly. So, Watch this. This is making me nervous. I love y'all energy. I don't think I've ever had this kind of. Nor will you ever. Well, no, I don't think. I know I, know I haven't. It. It's a great, it feels real good to have <laughs> feminine energy here. In, I love that and, you described it that way. Feminine energy? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely feminine. Mm -hmm. Y'all talking about dicks. Yeah. So. Femergy. <laughs> listen, that ain't uh. something that comes up often on this joint. So, so no pun intended. We but, came uh, on Tune the Fork talking about tuning dicks. That's you know. good. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing, like double dick? Hey, we're going to we'll talk about that. Sound therapy? You said, what is it about what you see posted that intrigued you posted on the internet yeah on instagram about like tune the fork and stuff yeah so what i like well first of all 
because aesthetics matter to me, I like the camera angles and I like the warm light. When I first see brown people talking, I like that it's a, a it's not a wide cut with just people all sitting there. It's really close and you can see their face. I was just saying to Reba, I'm horrible with names. It's because I'm just so in tune with the little mannerisms, the little flick of the eye to the left, the moment that just before they said something, they kind of pause a second or they dove right in or they were intense with their eyebrows. I'm reading all that. So communication is 50% what you say and 50% what you didn't say, right? And so that's the, the first thing that I see. And then there's a the topic, right? So I think what you do is you capture these um, vulnerable moments that people have. And so if I'm gonna be Brene Black, then we know that vulnerability, <laughs> vulnerability is showing, showing up as a full human without any control of the outcome, right? So in those moments, they're saying something, they're just putting it out there in the wind and hoping, and they know the camera's on, but you catch them in moments where they're like, I said the shit, you know what I mean? And they're all different kinds of people, so that's what I like. It's raw, it's real. Yeah. It's like, kind of unfiltered, right? But through a very polished lens. Yeah. Yeah. And I thank you both for that, especially with the color. It's a very intentional thing. And um, what the, I really want to elevate the, um, There's so much about our lives that we're trying to hide. I think just people in general. And the more you can shed light on it, and whatever it is that people want to hide, I, wanna, I want it to be pretty so that they can be more, embrace it more and this love it. This palatable. is called shadow work. Yeah. Have you heard this term? No. Yeah, tell yeah. me about so it. So shadow work is um, work that people do on the parts of themselves that they wish to hide from the world. Mm. And right? themselves sometimes. And themselves. And so I think that's part of what drew us to you, right? Is seeing kind of the shadow self in on the display. lights. Right? Like, all, but on display and so pretty, mm -hmm. right? Like beautifully lit shadow self. Um, and I know when I first saw the show, I was like, oh, we have to get him on our show. Mm -hmm. Or like, we or just have to have a conversation with this man. Because at the end of the day, you're right. What you're doing is shadow work. I um, never heard that word. So the other thing you probably heard is implicit bias, right? You've heard of implicit bias. Mm -hmm. It's like in your art. And when George Floyd happened, uh, implicit bias, which is an old categorization concept that scientists talked about a while back, just came up again. The Harvard IAT tests all happened. But the idea is that there are things that have been crammed into your brain that are operating in the background that you are not necessarily aware of, but are impacting your decision making that you think is fully intentional, volitional, but actually is slightly or yeah. to a big degree tainted by the wallpaper in this room that you've never acknowledged. So this room could be completely bright red or it can be lavender or it can be white. If you're existing in a space, your mood might be impacted by a, a slight smell mm -hmm. and about a little bit of background noise and the color of the room. You go somewhere else, those three, three things change. What you say in each space is what you say, but you don't know that your, your mood is slightly changed by this room, that room, and that room. It's happening in the background, but you're never able to say, I smell this, I see this, and I heard this. 
all you're able to say is, I behave this way. Yeah. But you think that's the only thing that happened when really the smell, slight smell of the room, the background noise, and the wallpaper were actually impacting your behavior, which is why they say blue is calming and bright red is not. Why do you think they know that? Probably from years of people going, <laughs> I didn't like that room. I don't know right. what it was. Um, and it turns out everyone who said it happened to be in a red motherfucking room. Right, right. I think it's the fucking room, right? Now, did they say, I didn't like the, room, the wallpaper in that room, so I couldn't tell you how I felt? That sounds too weird to be that connected, but in fact, it is. Yeah. So shadow work is another way of describing that. As a scientist, I understand, I did some work on implicit bias related to male, males in our field, blah, 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 blah. So we use that description, but it's very similar to shadow work. The only reason shadow work probably doesn't get the attention is because it's soft science. It's things that women in astrology like. It doesn't yeah. matter that women have been saying this for a long time, like yeah. years. You've been out there doing them some, you've been out there. They just know it. There's something about the way you looked. And the question is, are these women allowed to pair a real tangible experience with that intuition to strengthen the intuition? Mm. They're not allowed to because no one will give them the credit. They will gaslight the shit out of that woman. When you talk about how you've impacted women, I'm not going to ask you this directly, but I suspect there are moments where you were not being honest with a woman about other relationships you had and she fucking knew it and you never validated her. Yeah. So what I would say to you now is to go back to those women who you lied to to say, trust your intuition, you, you were, were not crazy. Right. You know why? They need to know for where they are now that they know themselves and everybody needs to pair an internal feeling with some kind of tangible thing to say, I can mm. trust that thing. Because usually when I feel this, there's something there, but if they never get that pairing, they can't strengthen that interoception that they have. So my charge, just like we say white people need to go back and say, yeah, I'm you ain't get the job because so-and-so. We want them to go back and not just just do better going forward. Like, no, you need to go back to that person who never got the job because you gave it to your boy and say you're actually really qualified because that black person's walking around thinking I'm a piece of shit, and they're not. They just were black. So the women know. They know. No, we don't. That I was fucking around, they do. They know? Yeah. They know because they saw you? They know because they know. Because they, they have information. So So they got information yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. to confirm what yeah, yeah, yeah. their it's intuition con- was telling them. It's confirmed. But yeah. they never got information from you. Confirmation? No, they got they got they got they got information confirmation. From you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Now I if if I thought it would be helpful. I feel like it, I feel like I'll, so much time has passed, so. What do you mean by helpful? For them. What do you mean by helpful? Good question. Let me answer it. If I thought it would add something to their. I'm gonna ask you, why you think you know about their lives? Because of the conversations we had. Let me ask you this. We know it's really easy to talk yourself out of something that's harder for you to do, I'm just gonna say, you can ask them, you know, I had a good conversation with two women who had great energy, and one kind of challenge we do something, would that be helpful for you? You don't have to make a judgment about what would be helpful, you can ask them and let them tell you, actually, you called at a fucking amazing time I'm going through with something, I'd love to talk to you about it. Or they can say, I don't need that trauma in my life. You can find out if you want to, by asking them, what their desires are and not assuming it wouldn't be helpful for anything else. And here's the only reason I say it. It's too easy to get out of it, but I'm gonna tell you something, it's so good for you. It is better for you than for them. It is better for you than for them. So also, it will it transmute your karma. It will transmute your karma. I don't, that. 
I, if you had more specifics about the situation, I think you would, you would understand. What, so let me, let me paint a picture. I would always have like a main chick mm -hmm. that I would lie to. And then I would have other things moving around. Did you also lie to those other things? No, it, 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 there was no reason to lie because there was no agreement? Yeah, there was no agreement. And I always knew that they wanted more. And I leveraged that. You kept it loose and vague? Yeah, yeah. deliberately. Yeah. Um, and they knew just based on... Because if you don't say you're not, it doesn't mean you're not. But definitely, if you don't say you're not, it means you definitely are. And, yeah. and, and certain the questions. The lack of information is all the information you need. And, and certain questions will be asked to where you would kind of like, you would know. I mean, like, I know that they're adult woman enough to know what was going on. And, they, and I also know that they knew that there was potentially an opportunity for things to be different if I move certain things out of the way and blah, sure. blah, blah. But anyway, so... Sure. The people who I had to, that was wrong. I want to make sure I'm clear. All of it. To me, yeah. to me it was. Yeah. But, but, the, but the main, the woman that I was, we've had enough. The one that nurtured you, who you went to for nurturing. The main one you lied to often. Yeah, we had enough. To. We've gone so far past things now to where... And we've had enough conversations up to that point to where I've been clear okay. and she's been clear and it's... Well, then that doesn't need to happen. And there's nothing... Yeah, yeah. Got it. But well, then it's happened. Yeah, so it's happened. Yeah. I'm just saying there are a lot of people... I, I'm not saying... I didn't know that. Got it. There are a lot of people who just broke up with somebody because, you know, she was too jealous. Yeah. She was always blaming for things and they fucking knew. That's or, bullshit. Yeah, you're right. And they were doing those the, are the shit. People, those are the people who need to go the fuck back. Just Agreed. like they want their boy who's in jail for only five ounces or so-and-so. They talk about the justice system and they should. I'm like, what about your internal justice system? Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand that integrity is not just for the people on the bench? It's for you and your heart. It's actually more impactful. What it's more? like local politics, the only politics that matter. Fuck what the Supreme Court is doing. What are you doing? Yeah, what's your what local shit? What are you doing? Yeah. No, I, I, and, and so. And by you, I don't mean you. I just mean any human being. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's how I, so I start from the inside out at this point. And like the local shit that you're talking about. And then, I see what you mean. I, 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 um, I do agree. And that's, you know what, that's important too, I think. Because women need to, I don't know what women need to do. Say it. Let me shut Say the what do you hear it, actually? No, we don't so, hear it. We're, so, we're on the edge of our seats, like, what do we need to do? Tell us. No, no, no. Y'all do need to. <laughs> I don't know. I think y'all know. Y'all know. But y'all end up convincing yourself of something different. Well, the, Can I say what I said to you? Yes. Because you know what I said to I you. I know what you said. I was, at one point, I was actually flattered that I was disgusted at myself being flattered for that shit. Somebody said to me, like, weeks ago at Dewdrop Inn that women have so much power, but they give it away. And he explained it to me that men will rise to the occasion of a woman that holds standards. And I was like, that's right. Shira, we got the power. And I was like, wait a minute. So what you're saying is you know that you could do better, but you need me to tell you that shit first? Yes. Or you won't do better? Yes. I do not want that power. I've heard I'm that sorry. so many times. I do not want that power. You grow the fuck up so I don't have to waste energy getting you to this level of standard so we can grow together. 
Why am I taking a job at a place that I'm overqualified for because I got the power to be a good manager at CVS? Yeah. Why the fuck are you telling me that? You're yeah. saying you relinquish all all responsibility to be the human you know you're going to be when mama come home and see them dishes, then I'm going to do it. When I hear her key in the door, we're going to wash these dishes. Why don't you fucking do it? So a lot of our motivation when we're younger is externally based, right? And the our humans are like who you're talking about, just all humans. Humans. Okay. So yes, and, and yes. it's the parents' job to instill sure. that to where the motivation can be from the inside out. Yes. Got it. Sometimes depending on the emotionally develop the, the the emotional development, certain parts are still external. Yeah. That didn't necessarily make it on the inside. And mm. so through time, If you're a man being raised by a single mom, this is something really hard for you to grasp mm. because so much of your adoration and acceptance is based on like this internal thing. Dads, when they're present, generally force you. No, you get that shit on the inside. That's true. You get it on the fucking inside and mm. then you get it out. But wow. the single mom type thing, it's still... Like that, that acknowledgement, that like gold star from outside in, oh, the dishes are dirty, you need to get that done. I would sit at home when I was a little kid and wait until to hear the door open to start moving shit around. Pop ain't going for that. Mm -hmm. He knows that you fucking around. He knows that you should have done that shit before you came in the month, before, Don't as soon as you got home. Don't make me ask you again. So, so sometimes what, what, what ends up happening with dudes is some of that motivation is external. And I think a part of when you meet a dude and that's where they are, making sure that they're clear on what that relationship is and how they manage that and how they at least own it to a point to recognize that it's there so that they can start doing some, find a way to make that shit internal. I can't be your mama. I just, I just, I just can't. Now you got all of these other qualities, but if you're not willing to own that piece of your shit, then. But we're all coming to the table with some form of that kind of thing that we're asking somebody else to kind of like. Please pour into me because I'm empty. You just, saying, right? but you just hit yeah. the nail mm -hmm. on something that I kind of in my head have just coined single mama syndrome. Yeah. Right. Like. I love men who come from single mom households. Let's just, I'm, I just thought back to the men in my life right now. Mm. All of them come from single mom households and all of them have that same exact problem. All of them would get away with what they could get away with until I was like, God damn it, I said stop fucking doing this shit, right? Mm. And that's a thing that we, at least I'm going to talk for myself, I never considered until you just said it out your mouth just. And a part of me owning some of that is the path I take to my desires changing. Mm. Because mm -hmm. a lot of the path that I took was a result of that single mom shit. Yeah. And, and so I had to instill a sense of commitment and discipline in all of these areas, which for me is framing my desires being clear, creating boundaries, 
within myself, doing things that I don't want to do because it's the right thing to do, not separating my feelings from the task at hand, and then figuring out how I can work within that so that I can disrupt some of these patterns that had been going on from my, from my childhood that just didn't, that wasn't necessarily serving me. Are either of you familiar with Al-Anon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> but I, I don't know why. I went to Al-Anon as a... <laughs> Your parents weren't alcoholic? So Al-Anon, you have AA. You told me what it is. I did. You have AA and then you have Al-Anon. Alcohol and, Alcoholics Anonymous is for the alcoholics. Well, the right? adults. And then you have Al-Anon for the family. You told me that. That's right. Of the alcoholics. Yeah. And one thing that, that we do in Al-Anon, which is just like a, a weekly meeting of people who have alcoholics in their families and they meet and they kind of just kind of throw all their problems in the, in the middle of the floor and we all kind of talk about it and we cry and we go home, right? Um, I found that to be really helpful mm. as a framework, right? Um, for me, because... It told me a lot of things, right? One, that I wasn't alone in this feeling of like, in the feelings that I felt. And two, like, I'm not totally to blame for these feelings, right? Yeah. And part of the work that I've been trying to do with black people in general is to kind of take that Al-Anon model where we all, as people who've experienced this thing, kind of sit in a room and share our experiences so that we can feel better about it. Um, that is what we need. Yeah. Because, again, thinking back on all of my exes who had single mom syndrome, that is exactly what they, what you said just now is what they all need to hear. Like, when this episode comes out, I'm sending them the link. Like, baby, listen to this. <laughs> Please, can we talk about it? You know, because at the end of the day, everybody thinks that they're alone in their struggle. Yeah. And when you put those struggles in a room with other people who have your similar struggles, you're like, oh, shit, I'm not alone in this. This is just a, I see patterns here and you see solutions to those. Mm -hmm. to those people patterns. respond to data when people think everything is anecdotal and it must just be me. They don't realize that it's not just you. And so they don't think there's any recourse because I was born this way. Yeah. But actually, the more you realize that we were all conditioned to be this way, we can decondition, yeah. then you're more likely to see some self-actualization is the capacity for you to feel like, no, self-efficacy is the capacity for you to feel like you have control over what ends up happening to you in life. And people with low self-efficacy often feel like they succumb to whichever winds change. Life yeah. people with, yeah, and people with high self-efficacy understand that while there might be challenges, I do have some control over this, and they tend to be successful in whatever way they define success to be, yeah. right? And so I would say, James Michael, what is your desire? Mm. Your true, like, deep down desire, not the one that's at the Let him surface. enter however he wants to. I want to be of service. Like my deepest, darkest, my deepest desire is to be of service. I want to be the best human being I can be so that I can give that away. You will. Just the fact that you know it so well is an indication that whatever opportunity comes your way to do it, you're gonna feel it, you're gonna know it, and you're yep. gonna do it. And you're gonna do it with less and less reticence or reservation because you know who you are, what your purpose is. 
When people don't know what their purpose is, they don't realize how self-efficacy is low. They figure I'm showing up and I'm doing this job. Yeah. I'm doing that job, right? And this job pays me money and I love this job. But they don't realize the job is supposed to serve their purpose. It's a it's a method to their desire. It's not the desire driving it. It's the job saying, well, I'm paid and I don't have to worry about bills. That is very low on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like just, I have a shelter and food. Yes, we most people in this country, not all, but most people aren't just homeless and trying to not be hungry. That's not where most people <laughs> right. are, yeah. right? Most people at least have a decent shelter. They can at least generally make sure they're not freezing all all um, winter and they at least have a meal somewhere. Yeah. And then we're at higher and higher levels to the point of self-actualization at the pinnacle. Most people don't get there because they don't even know what they really want and they probably feel forbidden to say to themselves in the mirror, much less to anybody else because they don't want to be laughed at and told it's impossible, and it will always be impossible if you can't look yourself in the mirror and say, I wanna be of service, I want blah, 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 even to yourself. You have to say it out loud to yourself in the mirror. You have to see yourself say it back to you. And my how is a part of that. Ooh, how? Ooh, my so how, you did the what, you said the how. My, and, my, and my how, I'm clear on the how mm. and the what. The end result, the very first podcast we did was called The Process is the Product. What, we're, how we're doing it is that. actually what it is. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. That is, that's it is the journey, not the destination. Yes. So, so how, how I do this, how I show up, how I embrace the parts of me that I want to hide and the fact that I'm black and a man and fumble and make mistakes and still do that with my head high and confidence and a little bit of insecurity is just as much of this thing as whatever I package up and sell to the motherfuckers on the corner. 100%. It's like, you know that song, Changes by Tupac, where he goes, I made a G today, but you got in a sleazy way. It's just like, you know, you're selling crack to the kids. Yeah, but how did you get there? And that's mm -hmm. the process. Like, the what might be, I want enough funds so I can really support all these initiatives. But if you get it through selling crack to yeah. kids, it's like, yep. so you, you, the seniors now have braces and crutches, but there are kids who are strung out. So. <laughs> But this is also where Dharma comes into play, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because you shouldn't have to worry about it if your is, Dharma's right. There is no worry about the outcome. Yeah, yeah. We know that we're it's living inherent. in our purpose. Yeah, yeah, right. Yep. Like we don't. That's have a good to point. So the process attached. is the product. Well, so in that book, the Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, one of the biggest laws that I and my co-hosts have the most opportunity to work around is the law of detachment. Right, which is this idea that we have our desires, we have, you know, our law of intention and desire. We know what we want, but we are not attached to the outcome, to the way, the how. How does it get here? We're not like, oh, but okay, it has to go through this exact process on this day and this time. 
literally we've learned that we cannot control the process. And it's people conflate a, desire and goal, yeah. and they're not the same thing. <clears throat> yeah. Your desire might, t might be freedom, and in your world, financial freedom gives you the freedom to enjoy your children, to not be stressed, to come home and not be screaming at people, because you know that that job is binding you right now. Yeah. So the goal is to get money, so you get the freedom, so people get the desire of freedom and the goal of money conflated, so they just go for the tangible thing that is yeah. easy to count, that's data, money. as opposed to the freedom, which could be lower your lifestyle. Yeah. So the money you make is efficient and functional. Yeah. But people are like, no, I'll just get more money. It's like, but you actually don't need that, and you don't need this, and you don't need that $200 parking space, and you don't even need a car, actually you need to walk, and blah, blah, blah. And people just realize that I was attached to being affluent. I wasn't attached to freedom, because I would freedom, yeah, yeah. I would gnaw off my fucking arm to get the shit. Yeah. I'm a firm believer that embodiment and meditation give us all the answers that we need. Embodiment, meaning paying attention to your body. When we feel discomfort, don't do it. Yeah. And meditation, listening to the silence, shutting the fuck up, and listening to the messages that are here for us. Right? So funny, man. I just, I was listening. There's a guy named Gavin DeBecker. Are you guys familiar with him? I was watching something. I went down a rabbit hole, <laughs> and I think he wrote a book called The Gift of Fear. Okay. And without getting too caught up in the word fear, it was, it's basically about what you're saying, that everything that we need, like we're speaking to ourselves all the time <laughs> and we're not paying attention <laughs> and we're using a logic and, and all of these other things to keep. And he's, and, he, and he's basically saying like, it's a gift that we're not um, connecting to. And it's so interesting that you, mention that now because I literally was just listening to that shit last night. But you get better once you develop a strong relationship with yourself. You understand what you need so that you can be in tune to connect in that way. Yes. You've got to clear out the shit so yes. that you can so that you can listen. And and I think we get caught up in how people do that and not honoring the fact that they're just fucking doing it, whether yeah. we understand or get it or agree or not. Does it work? But can we talk about the fact that um, people are not created equal? Yeah. That what? All people are not created equal. Help me understand that. Not everybody's that. gonna come to this truth in the way that we have. What I'm saying is that while all people are valuable, I'm not saying that some people are more valuable than others, I'm saying that not, pe not everybody is equal in their inherent capacity to reach the level of transcendence that somebody else would, given the same process. In oh. the same way that I have the same muscle groups that Usain Bolt has, okay? I have the same muscle groups that any um, uh, female track star my age and my everything has, but my capacity to make them work the way that theirs do, it's not the same, right? And we're all okay with saying, well, some people are just more athletic, but we're not all okay with saying, some people don't have enough emotional intelligence to ever be good enough or have enough integrity. Does it, you know why? Because it's hard to say they're lost causes, but some people are inherently lost causes. And there's nothing wrong with accepting that. It's almost like this thing, like we go back to when people thought that certain skull sizes <coughs> meant you were dumb. I'm not saying that it's anything like that. I'm not talking about the racial politics that made black people better or worse. I'm saying in, this, in, this, in the sense that some kids 
you're just like, this kid is in tune as shit. Another kid, you're like, ah, just all over the place, and they're identical twins. There's some people who are just way more in touch with who they are emotionally than others, and it's not male, female, it is just people. Yeah. That's the way it is. So the, the, the challenge with that is it's a perspective. And it's a and it's a and it's an evaluation of just what we can see, and then what our interpretation is yes. of what we're saying. Yes. Sometimes mm-hmm. the beauty in that is something that we can't see. Mm-hmm. So if we're if we're saying, okay, let me go look for yellow, and I'm going to go look everywhere where there's yellow, and mm-hmm. I'm going to base the intensity of the yellow, wherever it's present, then yeah. yeah, that's what that is. So from that standpoint, if you're looking at it, if you're measuring a specific thing, yes. then yes. But in the process of measuring that specific thing, there's something else there that is measurable, that, that, that isn't being factored, that might carry a higher weight. I understand exactly what you're saying. And in science, we do that all the time. We have a whole section at the end of every peer-reviewed paper that is basically undoes everything the fuck I just said. Well, we ain't account for this, 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 this. <laughs> so this might be me shit. <laughs> but I got tenure, though. I hear everything you're saying. However, what I do know is that individuals who know that about themselves, let's say neurodivergent people who recognize in this world, people who don't flap their hands, I can't stop doing this, they're gonna be treated this way. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about some obvious motoric flap thing that they can't physically stop that's keeping everybody in the room thinking this person's, mm, right? Yeah. Not that. I'm talking about something that you know about yourself and each and every one of us has to recreate the environment around us to make it more suitable or recognize in this environment I'll always be this outlier. Yeah. That is a level of emotional intelligence that everyone can have. They're not looking for the yellow. They're like, I recognize that you think that's yellow, but it's blue to me. But and, the, and it's, the, it's that acceptance that makes them okay with that. That's what I'm saying. In any circumstance, yeah. it's your capacity to say, I understand what the rules are. I understand why I don't engage in that rules. And here's why it gives me peace to know that. So what I would add yeah. to make it digestible for this side of the street okay. is the obstacles that people have to overcome to, come to, to get to certain conclusions, people have different people struggle with that in different ways. They may be insurmountable for some folks. Because everybody not so to, the to point your that point we're not all the same. Th- so yeah. that's why I was so that's why I added the bullshit. That's yeah. why I added the ops cuz because the people in my life who I'm trying to be an example of or uh, four, example four. Or, four. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to say they don't have the capacity, but I just don't feel like that's their walk. They don't have practice. My they, they walk. They have practice at figuring out what it is they do have. So, and, 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 and maybe your, any confidence in ever getting there. And to your point, this is what I'm built for. Every motherfucking atom in my body <laughs> says, your life experiences, what you've done, how you see the world, your ability to connect dots, the way you see images and turn into all of that, you're built for this. That's, you know your superpower. Do you I, see what I'm saying? Yes. That's the difference so, with you yeah. and everybody else. And you know what your practice was? You know what your practice was? Tell me. Women. Well, the difference. But the difference. Your practice though, was women. I'm not saying it's right. No, I'm yeah. not saying it's yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. Some of the best philosophers who figured out human figured out on slaves. 
what? They put them in rat boxes, boxes, and said, how far can humans dress this? How much pain can a woman take without Gynecology medicine? is a That's my point yeah. because of you this. You know why yeah. we have the current knowledge we have? Because they did it on a vulnerable population. I'm not saying it's right to do that to yeah, the Holocaust. Yeah. I got I'm you. saying it is skill that was built regardless of the morality behind it. Understood. The skill you were built and the knowledge you have is based on something you've acknowledged you would not have done otherwise. Yeah. And therefore, it is still a skill. The important thing is that you have now parlayed that into a world that is really black and white relative to the way you used it before. Yeah, 100%. Right? And you can now also identify with people who have skill based on a more guttural tendency. You can say, that was me. Yeah. I didn't come from this ivory tower yeah. of you know, Jimmy Swaggart or something like that, where I've always been this you know, righteous person. I get it. I just my my target population was this. Yeah. Target population was that. I'm an example of how you can change that. That's a. Thank you. I agree. Let me rephrase that. It's not about agreeing. You receive. I receive that. I think there is there are two levers here that are being pulled with the folks who are doing the shadow work, right? Who want who are driven to do the shadow work. And who are also who have the will to change. <laughs> you see how I did that? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think the two levers here are complacency, right? Complacency in with who we are, where we are. One thing that you said earlier in our conversation was about like we can get all the things and then we have to recognize we're still not happy, right? That's you recognizing that you're not complacent. This is not a place where you feel like you can be complacent. Some people have created a comfortable enough life for themselves where they can be complacent yeah. and that's what they want. So dragging them outside of their comfort zone and making them feel the feelings that we're talking about, helping them examine the shadow parts mm -hmm. is not what they're here for in this lifetime, right? So I do mm -hmm. believe that you're right. Yeah. We're not all created equal in this lifetime. We can mm -hmm. all, but it's all a choice. Mm -hmm. right? Equal to your point, I wanna make sure that doesn't mean better or worse. No. That just means relatively not competent at that particular thing, not at the other thing and all the things that a human can do. At so, that thing. So let me help. Yeah. My leg is not equal to my arm, mm -hmm. but they're both necessary. Yeah. Exactly. It's sort of like the best example I usually give is that if we're each a different appliance in the in the thing. If I'm a fridge, I can only get to room temperature to get close to you. And you can only just turn off all the heat. That's the only way. But my dog gotta be all the way over there. Your dog gotta be all the way over there. And then we're at the same temperature if that's our goal. But if we're fully functioning, you're okay with my job being to freeze that food. And I'm okay with that your job is to boil that water. Yeah, and now we yeah. have found common ground in our difference and that that's okay. Or we turn our dogs completely just to match and have agreement and consensus, which means you are not using your full capacity yeah so as lovers and wives and mothers of black men and sisters and friends right i think we could do a little bit more to love on y'all right but i also know why there's a little bit of a hesitance a resistance to do so Talk and about i it, think it's because we haven't really had spaces like this mm. right hearing you explain how you feel about the mistakes you've made with women in your past right and understanding the power that you knew you had 
is healing for me. It's redeeming for me. I was just going to say that's the redemption is one of the most important things that human can you humans can harness once they recognize who they are, how they have, you know, strayed in certain ways and where they want to be. Redemption will get you there. Almost humans, forget just Americans, love an underdog who is redeeming qualities. You want to give that person more. You want to give that person way more than the person who's always been good. People who have always been good don't get shit. People who used to be pieces of shit and now have climbed to this thing, everyone wants them to win, right? Yeah. And when a man, especially man. a black man, oh my God, literally the people who everyone are fucking rooting for whether they like it or not are black men. People are root no one is rooting for black men besides black men, as much <laughs> as, because I would never argue that you're not rooting for yourself enough. You guys are rooting for yourself way more than anybody else. Yeah. The second, I don't know how close that second is, are black women. Yes. Of every group, even the, the black women who curse you guys out the most are rooting for you the most. Yeah, they are. And I know it's hard to hear when they're doing that. It is that hurt on the inside mm -hmm. that, they're, that they're really, and they're people who don't know how to express that pain and anger the way that maybe we can, right? Yeah. We had a conversation here where I'm sure someone was like, y'all better than me, cause shit, I, I wouldn't have said. said. And while their intention, their feeling is no less important to me because their capacity to express it might not be as polished and educational and academic, it is still, it is the thing that you feel when you walk into a space and a woman is behaving to you in a certain way we have the same thing. I just express it in a more palatable way. Right. And so that's why our job is to do this and perhaps not theirs, but we're speaking on their behalf. Yeah. But what you said had the most redeeming quality that I, of all the things that happened here, to me that was the most important thing that needed to happen, not for this, but for me as I go home and live my life. Yeah. Like you, I can't speak for you, but you've impacted me in a way where I'm like, wow, my interactions with people and my actually, not my view of myself, but my understanding of myself in those circles is going to modify a little bit, just enough for me to be a little bit more functional, perhaps. And that redemption. And I, I feel like I'm functional, but still, no one's perfectly functional because we right. all get triggered to a point where we don't behave the way we yes. really wanted to. Yes. Yes. We don't trust our responses anymore. Yes. And you have a voice like, I'm not even going to go talk to that person because I want to hear, no, no, I can actually interact with that person. It's okay if they say that thing yeah. that triggered me because I understand what's behind it a little bit more that they want to be better. They just don't know how. It's not even you. It's them. They're not so much against you as they're for themselves and mm -hmm. they don't understand that. And that's what makes it so easy to love y'all, right? When we know that's where you're coming from, right? We know, like, we can understand those things. We can hold space for that, yeah. right? Um, but it takes a lot of internal work for y'all yeah, to even step up into that space publicly, let alone privately, yeah. right? So just, I mean, not to like, I believe in giving people flowers while they're here, but like this work that you're yeah. doing is so much bigger than you and I don't know that you realize that. No, he does realize because his dharma's in check. Yeah, that's facts. But his ego is also in check, so yeah. he doesn't need a. You don't need to hear, but it's good to hear, right? Yeah. No, I, I, you're gonna do it no matter what. This is so much yeah. bigger than you. Absolutely. And and you need to keep doing it, and you're good at it. Yeah, you're good at it because you're a model. Yeah. Yeah, because you're not lying to yourself, so you're not lying to anybody else. On and because camera. you have the superpower, you know, Kevin Samuels made a living trying to teach men how to have the superpower that you have. You understand that? But I'm, he, yeah, but not, he came at it from. A lens that was not compassionate. Yeah. And as women, we need compassion. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need 
the that vitriol. Like we don't respond well to that. In the yeah. same way, y'all don't respell y'all don't respond to, well, what I had said was y'all don't respond to that. We don't respond to the well what you need to do is if you're trying to be a woman who get a man, we don't we don't respond to that, right? And so this compassionate approach, this, hey, this is what I am doing. This is my internal work. And also, let me tell you, I care about you, baby. That's real. And we need that. You know, I, can we, I don't, I'm not trying to close. because I'm not pressed to go anywhere at all. I'm just thinking at some point, can we say the thing <laughs> that you were just touching on it, which is what is the thing that people need the most that's not happening that you can change tomorrow? Not the thing that the world needs now is love, sweet love. Yes, 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 we get it, Stevie. Yes, we understand that the, you know, love's in need of love today. But what is the actual practical, applicable thing that you can do now that actually impacts somebody or yourself now? You already talked about compassion, right? Compassion is huge love. and I would argue that the thing to do there is catch yourself when you start to have any sentences well females fill in any gap any gap when you got females say, be like any, any, any gap you want to fill in probably I'm not saying don't think I'm saying pause and just reflect on why you think you think you know that yeah, yeah. and also what is because the point you're isn't making isn't it curious that no female agrees with you and you're not a female <laughs> because honestly if I want to say males be and literally no man whether I expect or not agrees with it maybe I don't know maybe I'm not only not a male but don't take time to understand it but that conclusion works for me more than it works for them there's simply yeah. that conclusion that works for you it's yeah. a fucking excuse that you tell yourself to get around the behavior so I would say there's no compassion in that I don't give you it don't matter how you say, how you say it. <laughs> right. Say it as compassion sweetly and compassionately. So I would argue any so for me I'll, I'll model any generalization that comes to your head about whatever target demographic you have most trouble with in your life, write it down and ask yourself why you think you think you know that. Yeah. Better than the demographic themselves that says it doesn't exist. Yeah. And also, what is this saying about me? Yeah. yeah. In this moment, what, what, what is this what, saying what, about is me? This, is this generalization for you or for them? Mm. Are you trying to help them? So this is the difference between you and Kevin Samuels. Kevin, Kevin, I just Kevin I Samuels. It's Kevin okay, Samuels. Then. The difference is he may have had some trauma he's working through, so he said the right thing in the wrong way. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like if y'all want to know what men think, they think this. The difference with you is like <laughs> I was a man, and you told it from a story, and I did this. It wasn't blaming the woman who let you get away with it. It was saying. I read them well enough to use them. Wow. Woo. You know That's what? a wake-up call. That is a fucking wake-up call. I, I broke up with a very toxic person uh, that I was with for six and a half years, and people were like, you know, people only do to you what you let them. Oh. So I'm the victim. Right her, what was gut. she wearing? Why she, why she got raped? That's I mean, what I hear. Well, but the what thing were you is, doing outside of 2 a.m.? Men but, can't control. But, that, but, but that's true, though. They're not wrong. That's They're true. They're not wrong. What I heard you know what? Then that, why aren't all children being molested? No, give me what, a break. What I heard, what I heard in that was, and we're not talking about children who don't have rights. We're talking about, but we're always talking about any person who's vulnerable for any reason. Right. But what I'm saying is, when I heard that, what I realized is they're right. I did not draw boundaries in that relationship. I did not say when you do this, it hurts me. And don't do this thing. And and so. 
I'm not like condoning the behavior that was displayed against me, but I am accepting that there was a responsibility that I played in the allowing of my boundaries to be crossed and me staying. And to your point, you said we're not all created equal. Ain't nothing she going to be able to do when that right one come around with that right mouthpiece who can talk that shit and who and who's connected and who can read her that that there's nothing there's at some point I'm all about personal accountability at the end of the day. She has to be aware, self-aware enough to know and create boundaries and then hold herself accountable to maintaining them. But at the same time, I've got to be aware of my ability to push boundaries and to challenge them. So both people are complicit. We're both complicit. When I enter into that, I got to be like, yo, I admit my part. The challenge, what happens a lot of times is women won't admit their part. Mm -hmm. I knew he was out here cheating. I knew he was with the next door neighbor. He came home with makeup on his face, like lipstick on his face. Let me still let him say something. I just want to say, and this is not popular, the vulnerable population is going to be a black woman who prefers a black man over any other race and has been told for years that she's worthless and not attractive. So the likelihood that a black woman is going to go for more bullshit to get whatever form of love she can get is higher and black men know it. So wait, so in the same way that the vulnerable population in a work setting is the one black person who's smart but can't speak up because everybody thinks she's a big mouth Wanda, has to always consider everyone else's feelings to survive. It is really the white person's responsibility to say, excuse me, Wanda was talking, because you know it's more powerful when the white man cuts off a white man to say it than if she does, because now she's big, big mouth Wanda. Yeah. So what I'm saying is, yes, while it is her job to not lose her job but be powerful, good fucking luck, right? Mm. The woman, it's her job to set her boundaries, but we know that she needs help from a person who knows what the fuck is happening. So while I agree 100% that you need to set your boundaries, there is still some and maybe even more responsibility for the person who knows I have the power in this to do something. Otherwise, when will they ever fucking learn? So and here, I know it's easy to say, but it's also hard to do. So we... so. This is my word, just me and you just disagree. So, because we both have power. Yes. We just don't, and we just don't know it. And we're relinquishing it in certain areas when yeah. we shouldn't be. Yeah. And if both people are coming to that intersection conditioned mm-hmm. and programmed yeah. to respond. Who, with their power. With their power, yeah. whether they're using it or relinquishing it. Yeah. The reality is they both came to that bitch with something. Yeah. Yes. Now, the dynamics that are at play are going to be based on programming that we just said people yes. have. The problem, though, our inherent power in those situations is love, right? As women, our inherent power is love. But it shows up as fear. And it shows and, up and as it, weakness, too, because we have been taught, all of us, you, me, all of us have been taught that love is weakness. So you guys are proving my point, which is when... I use my power of love. I have all of society telling me, you know, when you use your power of manipulation, you have all of society saying you're a man. That's my point. Yeah. But that's not, so if the love and fear, right? Opposite. We're coming to that place, yeah. to that point. That she might actually be showing up with fear, as am I, 
masked as love. Mm. And so two people coming there, because it's a, it's a, it's, they can be, they can, what the fuck is it called? They can, uh, they can hide well. Fear can hide in oh, love. It can be masked. Well, masked. So, yeah. but, so how do you, but it's coming up as love. And if neither one of the people are doing the work, the only thing that, the only thing that my side of the block can do is own my side of the block. Yes. And I don't think, so when you said, what can we do? I believe 100% that whatever I'm looking at is in me. I don't give a fuck what it is. If I can create a framework and name it and put a fucking label on it, then that means it's in me. So when I observe somebody and I see them and I am making an assessment, now that's good and bad. That's just, this is how I own the spectrum and, and, and embrace the whole, the, 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 the entire piece is because I gotta be the, I gotta be the shittiest of all of us and I gotta be the baddest motherfucker I'm in all of it. So if I'm looking across from somebody and I'm saying, and I'm seeing something in them, my initial reaction is, oh, that's in me too. What's going on with me in there? Where is that coming from? What's going on? Now I immediately reduce the other. Now I see myself in the other person and now maybe I can extend empathy are, and sympathy. You're already highly skilled. But that's but, also a big skill to have. That's too. what I'm saying. But, but it took me, I never thought that though. Yeah. I, I never, I never, now, Knowing to do it and implementing it, how you implement it is a different thing. It's not even something that I was told was an actual option. Can I, can I reframe something really quickly? I actually believe that love and fear are opposites. They are. Right? So hate yes, and anger are. and all of that is actually rooted in fear. Yes. Right? And so we have love and then we have fear. And so if we are coming into a situation with real real true love that is not rooted in fear right then we're talking about something completely different agreed right but if we're coming into this situation with what we believe to be love that is then overshadowed by fear that's when we start to have problems yeah. have you ever been in an authentically loving yes. situation yes. have you are you talking with a man or just in life with a, with a dude uh, yes yes just recently though i'm just experiencing it for the first time but Nice. I just want to be clear that we're talking about their inherent real emotion for me. Is that what you're talking about? I don't think of love very simply. Let me rephrase that. Yeah. Tell me what you mean by love. <laughs> love, I feel, is easy. When it does not have fear, love with no fear. You know, that's it's the it's the the ability to connect, the ability to maintain the connection. Okay, yes, that is easy for me to do. I don't do it frequently, but when it's real, it is very real, right? So I'm 46. I probably had four real, authentic, without question loves in my life, right? Did the behavior match the feeling in action as Deeply as their emotion went, was there an equal and an opposite rise in behavior? No. So at the end of the day, did love win? No. Because your behavior, your love can be so deep that it's in the bottom of the ocean, 
but your behavior does not have an equal opposite match to that in terms of I'm going to do the right thing way up here because my love for you is so deep. But is that not love that is yeah. impacted by fear? I, I'm not saying, okay. I'm not saying that the circumstances around that aren't real human things. I'm simply answering your question at the end of the day, that's great and I know that love matters, but love is never enough, otherwise we wouldn't have never. so many goddamn songs about never. love. Never. Not want winning out. Love is very important and it is a very strong and inherent thing. Fear is equally important and we're far more conditioned to run away from things than toward scary things. Away from things that are scary than toward them and love is scary as fuck given everything we've heard up until we finally really feel it. My next tattoo is gonna be right here and it's gonna say love with no fear. Please, please consult with me. No, no. This, is, <laughs> this has been in the works for the past nine years. Oh, okay. I've love never heard with this no before. fear. It's the name of the last six of my journals. Love with no fear. And what I'm realizing is love with love for self, love for others, love for your passion, love for your work with no fear. Okay. Is, I hear you. Is the I just, goal, I just, it's not right? about the tattoo. I just am a little different. Okay. Love with a reasonable amount of fear that you can. I'm not talking about you, baby. No, no. I mean, I'm talking so, about me. So can I can I just explain the concept yes, for a yeah. second? Mm -hmm. So love with no fear, right? Yeah. Is true love. That's pure, unadulterated, unconditional love. Yeah. Okay. There is one person in this room I love with no fear. Mm-hmm. It's, it's you. Me. Okay. No fear. I don't fear that if I wake up tomorrow and I make a mistake, I say the wrong thing, you're going to leave my life. Yeah. I don't have that fear in my life at all, mm -hmm. right? That is a love that I've experienced twice before, mm -hmm. right? Once as an actual adult. <laughs> and this love without fear of what happens next, what happens if, what happens if I, what happens when, right? That's love. But it's also love with some fear. No I fear. see I completely no disagree. No, I see, and I appreciate yeah. your all or none stance, and I know that it works for you, but you also can't say, while I would never say that you don't, you shouldn't have that definition because it works for you, I want you to put it on your fucking forehead if that's what, consult yeah. with me on that one though. Not yeah. on my forehead. Okay, just, yeah, no face tattoos. Uh, good. Okay. Um, while I accept that your love definition, your pure love definition is no fear, you should be able to accept that love with some fear works for some people. And that's okay. You can't say no. Because I get that. this is the way I've lived my life. So, so help me understand what that means. Love with some fear. Yeah. To me, love will inherently give you a little bit of fear because of how much you love, right? To me, that works so well to keep me in check the way you talk about your, your desires versus what you do, I need a check system. I need a checks and balance. I need a North Star on my love. And the reason I need a North Star is not because I'm withholding shit. It's because I'm not withholding shit. And I need to be very careful about pacing things in a way that I, it's not control. I don't need to feel control over it. I need to be able to I need to be able to reconcile it when and if it stops making sense. Because my world is ruled by 
I am not governed purely by animal emotion. I am highly governed by my higher self. My brain is the most, is the cause and the cure of all the things. And I will think and overthink everything. So I have to allow myself to say, you have some fear around this love and that's okay. That fear is part of your, um, your North Star, it's your compass. And if you can manage that little bit of fear, that means that you have something at stake here, forgiving yourself. I like to have that. So, and so because I like to have a little bit, if I don't have a little bit of fear, then I, what the fuck am I doing? And maybe it's just like the thrill seeker in me, but if there's not a little bit of something, like, you know, you talk about you're on stage, you have that anxiety, and there's butterflies, yeah. right. That, that I just, there's that needs to just have a little, something, something couldn't be perfect. And that's just the way I roll. So you need the fear. I don't need a lot of it. Just having a little bit of there. I'm not saying non-safety. I don't want to have, I don't want to be unsafe. Fear and unsafe for me in love, they're not the same thing. But I never want to assume that love will ever be enough for us to behave in any way. Oh. And that comes from my experience of love can be amazing, but behavior has to match. And you know what keeps motherfuckers in check? Bottom line is knowing there's some shit to lose. Mm. So, mm. and that, that's something to unpack. Oh, wow. Yes. yes. Whew. Huh. Uh, so I read a book called Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. I and love it. in it, he talks a lot about love and fear being very opposite, mm. right? And the, this idea of unconditional love is love without fear. Yeah. And the reason for that is because we fall into this pattern, just as humans, we fall into love. We have this love that we love so much. And then it's like, oh my God, what if it leaves us? What do we do if it leaves? What are we going to do? And that's when fear starts to set in. We start doing crazy shit. And it starts to change the way that we experience that love because now we're, we're experiencing love with this idea that it's finite, that it, it will leave us at some point, that we will do or say or be or become something that will make us less worthy of the love, which is why I can't have fear in it. And I think at the end of the day, and we're using a word, love, but love is just a word, right? It's really what it means to us in our heads yeah. and in our yeah, hearts and in our that. practice. Yeah. And, and your language determines a lot. Yeah. Well, like it's if you the, think love is behaviors and actions, then but, for me, that dissonance is a problem. If you don't, it, so there's it no can, dissonance. So yeah. it depends on the path that I used to come to this conclusion was my relationship with my mom. How can you love something and not, I know she loves me. Yeah. So how can you love something and your actions not model? Thank you, sir. This is my, this is the core of the thing. This is the core of the fucking thing. I'm so glad you said that. I don't under, because I am a doer inherently. If I love you, I don't sit idly by and let that shit happen on the side. Motherfuckers who know I love them, they can be the most hard up people on the planet. They'd be like, I know your ass love me. I don't think I've ever been, those motherfucker knows I love them. And those people can love me back even more and just have the restraint to not show up because of whatever happened to them before. At the end of the day, I can only, I, it's not my job to do all the faith and believing. You get to have the security of knowing and I get to have faith that one day you'll show it. I have enough fear to not stick around long enough because I know that my love without fear in my, in my world will let me stay 
too long such that you become complacent. Mm -hmm. And then I become bitter. I won't become bitter. At the very beginning, I said, I know when things are stabilizing enough for me to go, oh, five clicks away from not getting to the point where we can't be friends. I don't want to not be your friend because I knew how to withdraw in a safe way and say, uh, you don't have what it takes. I fucking love you, but I'm not going to get to the point where you ain't it. I'm never getting there because I'm five clicks away and I'm starting to feel that. And that fear is enough for me to go, let's manage this in a mature way. It keeps me in check and to that, behave the way because I'm a fucking doer lover. And so that's how, that's why she's answering it in the way that she is. And, and that's why I, was, I wanted to at least ask the deeper question Thank because you. it's not, I'm trying to remove the action from the word. Interesting. That's what I'm spending a lot of my time doing, huh. trying to remove the action and to try to acknowledge the reality. Like if, if all there is is love and fear, and if all there is are these two things, and there's what I'm seeing, what I'm evaluating from my perspective is only really a reflection of me. So if I'm a doer and I'm a beer, right, if that's who I am and that's who I choose to be based on what you're saying, I'm going to look at everybody else through that lens. Maybe not necessarily seeing and honoring and accepting what's actually even on the other side. Yeah, so maybe they're loving me, loving, maybe they're loving me in the way that they can that doesn't necessarily show up in a performance, in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a measure, in a in the way that you you're measuring 100% but it's but it's still but it's still love and love. when we are measuring it based on the doer piece we might be missing a lot of the other forms in which love can be showing the up the only thing that i have to say is there's no motherfucking human being who has felt the love through me doing who has said stop no one has said it's not good they've when I stop, they say, what happened to you? So the doing works for you. Do you see what I'm saying? It can. No, what I'm saying to you very clearly is if it was true, if this theory is true that I'm just not seeing it their way, what if they're not doers and there's something elsers, they never stop the doing. They say, just add that piece because the doing works. So it is possible for people to keep doing their thing and add something else. I would gladly add the other thing yeah. when they communicate. Yeah. They never say the doing is bad because the doing is good. So, and maybe, and what if the... I just want to say something really mm -hmm. quickly. I think we are taught a lie from birth. And that is that our parents love us unconditionally. They don't. Can I ask a question before you move forward? Yeah. What's love to you? Oh. I know that's a fucking hour and a half it's conversation. It's a question, though, because maybe that's the, the root of all evils. <laughs> it's not yeah, because I... What their definition is. It's like is. racism. When somebody tells me racism doesn't exist, I'd be like, uh, before yeah, I start, oh, before yeah, I go off I, on you, racism. what's your definition? Okay. But, um, I would say... But the way that I define love is several ways. Like, love is not just, like, one thing. But when I use the term in the way that I've been using it tonight, um, what I'm talking about is a undeniable 
connection of compassion between two people. An undeniable connection of passion between, between two people. Between two people. And so love has to be... So between two people. So it's got to be like this, this, this. If it's not, if it's just this, that's not love. No, no, no. Um, for a person. For, from one person to another. Whether okay. it's received or not. Okay. Yeah. So the undeniable expression of compassion. Overwhelming feeling of for yeah. another for, for, for another thing. For towards a person or thing. Okay. Yes, is okay. love to me. Now, I think when we talk about there's conditional love and unconditional love, right? I think the first time that we learn conditional love is when we're born, right? We're born into parents who are like, all right, be good and we'll love you. Be bad and we won't. Be bad, we'll beat your ass. We'll punish you. You will have bad things happen to you, right? That's not unconditional. And it comes out of fear, right? As parents, we are afraid that our kids will grow up to be murderers or criminals or bad people and so we have these conditions on our love that we set for them right and so while we may experience love the way that we express it is conditional and so the first time that i ever experienced unconditional love was not my parents was not my family it was romantic right the first time a person was like i love you you can shit on my face and i will still love you right you can Stab me in the back and I will still love you. Can I ask you that a question about that, Reva? Love. When you said they'll still love you, it's because something kept happening, right? Or nothing bad happened. Just to what be clear. So my question is, when somebody says, no matter what you do, I'll still love you, but with their love, they pack up and leave and never talk to you again. And in their heart, oh, no, I, I still deeply love you. No, that's what not I'm, my question. That's not what I'm talking about. Got yeah. it. So, we, so that's what I'm saying is, yeah. something kept happening that showed you that thing. That it was conditional. Ah. So there is some kind of active action-based thing that helps you to know it hasn't gone away. I they sh I shit on his face because it was a man. It was a romantic yeah, part of, of man. Okay. Yeah. And this thing that I love didn't stop, or he didn't introduce this other negative toxic thing that I don't want. Yeah. So my point is that display of compassion wasn't taken away. Compassion is an action. So that's my point. Yeah. If there's compassion, yeah. at the end of the day, you can text me all your shit about mm -hmm. how you love me, yeah. but. You don't tech you don't check in and say, Hey, I know this happened. How was so and so? If there's no action other than the text message, I can you can feel that over there in that part of the country with your little text message. And at no point did you ever say, Hey, are you hungry? I'm coming by there's no action to me. That's a feeling you have that I would never say you don't have. I'm just saying I'm not coming, I'm not feeling on my side of the block. Right. My right. side of the block is looking for it. Oh, there was a text, so I'm waiting to see if maybe he yeah. Oh shit, that didn't uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm exhausted with the waiting. So I'm saying a feeling could be there, but I, something has to happen to demonstrate it, that it's there because I can't know just because you said it. So that's the practice of when I did ayahuasca. It's there. We just don't see it and we're not connected to it. And I don't really know another way to... It, it, it's there, but if all we can use are our five senses and like intuition, there's another, there's another way yes. of connecting to that, that we're, you, sir. 
Wait, can you finish the sentence? Okay, yes, sorry. There's another way of connecting to that that we're... That the performance-based analysis overlooks, is all I'm saying. Yes, and so, sir, may I ask you this? What does a woman do who has done the things on her side of the block but does not get the information to her side of the block from the other side of the block, you would advise any person to not just stay there, wait, line and wait for years. Nope. But you would not advise uh, that? No. So thank you for asking. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Thought you'd never ask. <laughs> oh, I have to go in like 10 minutes. Okay. But I really <laughs> want to hear, hear this so badly. She said it. It doesn't cost us anything. It doesn't mean you don't make a different decision. It doesn't mean you don't choose something else. If it doesn't cost you anything? Loving doesn't cost you anything. And define loving. So whatever meaning, you say it is. Yes, okay. Whatever you say, however, but what if it does however, cost you something? It doesn't. It, the, 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 the fact that it does That's is an illusion. So here's what I'm saying. Interesting. I disagree. It's an illusion. I vehemently disagree. It's an illusion. So what you're given isn't love. What I you're disagree. giving is expect. If it costs you something, it's not love. I it's disagree with that. It's, it's, it's limitless. I, dis- I disagree with that with every fucking fireman. So, so, so hold on one second. Wow. Okay. Disagree with me when, I, when you really going to disagree because I got some more I'm going to add to it. Okay. <laughs> Let me settle in. It doesn't cost, we think that what we're doing our job is to love. Yes, agreed. That's our purpose on the fucking planet. Agreed. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Right? Mm -hmm. Our job isn't to determine who's going to receive it and how they receive it and what they do with it. That's not our fucking job. It's not. 100% true. So we have no control over that as well. Yes. So if I go and we have a good relationship and we hang out and we're spending some time and then I'm giving you, I'm showing you love, I'm demonstrating love, I'm showing compassion, I'm Mm -hmm. doing all of the things that a human being on the planet is designed to do, and you taking it and you wrapping it up and you shitting on it and you doing whatever (laughs) else you do with it, because that's a reflection. That's what you can do. Because that's a reflection of where you are. You are, are. yes. Right? Then, Then what I do is be like, oh, okay, cool. That's where you at. I'm a holler with love. And then you pick up and you go do respectfully. Respectfully, yeah. and then you pick up and you go do it. But the idea, yes, yes, I agree with that. So, so okay, it. But what the I'm a holler part? I sounded so Canadian when I said that. I'm, I'm a holler. I'm a holler. Oh. Um, I, ju- I just didn't sound right in my head. It didn't. What it did they call? No, it, it didn't sound right out loud either. I didn't no, sound I know. right. It was like the word with the er versus no, what? the a. A holler? What did she just? But when you said that they're gonna shit on it and blah blah blah, and you said that's what you got, um, I I love you, but I I can't. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying, but you still made a shift in your circumstance where you said that person showed you unconditional. They didn't make a shift, but you're not with that person right now. Yes, I am. But so so so. My point so, is. But, <laughs> but Inessa, listen. But don't give me that shit. Don't let, make listen, me say my words. Listen, right one, here. Let, listen, listen. Don't one. make me fucking say my words. It, it's not. It's not. It's not the. It's not what we get back. The fact that we're loving is the. So I understand. Preach. I understand. 
understand what you're saying. I say this to her all the time. But you, but you're not with the person that you felt that with over your life. All the people. Because I'm assuming there's somebody at some point before now <laughs> that you guys had that deep mutual thing, and right now. You're not together. You love that person. You will always love the person, but you're not doing the things at the time. So because that's what I'm saying. What you're calling love yeah. is not love. Ooh. Well it, then, it, it's, well it's, then it's, 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 it's well we just you're contradicting yourself but, as well. No, I'm talking about you right here in front of me. You're not what you're calling love isn't love. Well what then, you're, well then, what I'm saying is, my expression of love. is Thank one you. Thing. That's different. That's a different from love. That's why I was saying let's define it because okay. what she said sounded like. The fact that she knew that that guy didn't leave is because he didn't take those things away. I'm going by so your definition, some, which is based in performance. But when you're on the fucking block, it's whatever you receive. It's whatever the fuck you receive. But but so on. It's whatever but, but, you receive from that person yes. or don't. Do you but, know how many but people you're, have fucking told me 20 years ago? You know, I used to be mad and love you, but I was so afraid you never knew. They loved me like shit. I never even knew they existed. Your just Does that because, mean anything? Just because you can't see the love doesn't mean it's not there. I'm and when, aware. And That's when, the point, though. When it what is, did it do for them at the end of the it, day? It did nothing. Because now they're like, you never said anything. I was like, I have no idea. I couldn't even reciprocate because they wouldn't even not, talk to me. It's not, we're not going to know it all. We just got to have faith that it's there. Because it is. That's facts. I, I hear what you're saying. What he's saying is, in response to what you're saying, and what I think I heard you say was, Love is known when a person expresses it in a way that makes the other person feel love. That's one thing for sure I said. Okay. That's and the what, only and, way to do it though. And no. what if you can't feel it? But wait, wait. So, so that's Go where ahead. I'm, yeah, that's oh, I'm where sorry. I'm going. So mm -hmm. you're saying mm -hmm. love is the thing that you do to express to other people and it makes them feel love. And so if a person is not feeling love from your actions and behaviors a conversation then, needs to happen then there is some kind of like um incongruence yes. yes okay and what he is saying mm -hmm. is just because you do not feel it yes. it did not it doesn't come mean it's not there in a space that yes. you are like okay well hugs look like hu uh, love looks like hugs and yes. kisses and back rubs and football yeah. foot rubs but what you're getting is Text every day and phone calls to check in on you and, and nudes and, and nudes or whatever and, yeah. and, and, or rubs on your booty yeah right? yeah right? but not the back yeah. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I hear what you're saying but my point is what I thought you guys were saying is when there's incongruence if you don't stick it out you never really love them and that's where no. I say I don't no. think that's, that's true. not that's not what but I'm saying but you said if you pull it away you never love no, them no, but no, I'm like not, there's a point where not, you're like see leaving Jesus, like I got it you know you can't you can sacrifice so much and be like I know but you associate I mean, pulling away with pulling love, love away. You, you, no, that, I, that, my, my point that's is that not I what I was saying. You. I was saying. I was saying that you will be not doing those things anymore and loving them and mm. even be hurting that you're not doing it. You mm -hmm. can actually go, well, I really want to check on them, but Lord, the way it makes me feel when there's silence after 10 years of checking in, there's nothing. I have to stop for me, but I know in my heart, I think about him and I love him forever. I think there's some self-preservation in that. Well, it's fear. That's fear. And that's, self -preservation and that's my is point. born of fear. Yes. 100%. You've heard so, me say that 500 yeah. times, but here you are in your world, 10 years later, pining, it's not me, but it sounds like a great story. 10 years later, pining for somebody and you can't move on and experience new things because you actually have a life in front of you. I think that little bit of fear is not a problem if it is functionally placed in a new, in a new realm. I don't think you're wrong with going that. to suffer Who? with love, whoever you're describing 
because unless they don't conflate avoidance mm -hmm. with dealing with something, mm -hmm. just because you're picking up and leaving doesn't mean you're avoiding, just to mean you're dealing with it. I agree with it that. just means that you're avoiding it. So when you're saying, oh, I'm not going to call it, like, you're avoiding dealing with what's inside of you that's making you feel that way. Figure out what the fuck is going on yes. with love. Yes. And then, <laughs> respectfully. Respectfully. Not saying you, but I'm just saying in general. No, no, I, no, I totally get and that. Then, and yeah. then just figure out what's going on. And then that way you can just love with no expectation. With no fear. And, and with no fear. And then just go. Because she, listen, this is your healing. This ain't ours. We already there. You know what? The thing is that she doesn't, the thing is that we've had these conversations forever and it's easy to say it's and nobody the do. fuck is doing it. Yeah. I'm telling you it right now, it is hard to do. I'm we, doing I it. don't know you enough to say no. I'm doing, I'm doing, I'm doing, so, I'm, so I, I don't know you I, enough I, to say I, no. I'm telling you. I will say that I am being, I think right I, now this is, in this moment, I'm experiencing love with no fear, but I You're have also receiving fear. I have fear. Do you understand? I'm receiving love with no fear. I think that the person that I'm dating right now does not fear any outcome of loving me, right? In fact, they were the first person to say it. If like, that person did, she about to put me out there. <laughs> you know when you know somebody? So what I'm saying is... I feel you. What I'm saying her is... Her rhetoric is on point with her current situation. Yes. It makes sense. But it also tracks with all of my other past experiences. But it doesn't well. track with three months ago. Well, also, I didn't recognize what the difference between loving with fear versus without fear Can is. Can we come back? I just... Because when I love with fear, I hear everything you're saying, okay. and I love what you're saying. I just think you read a book and it's absolute, and right now the conditions are right for you to say it. Mm -hmm. All I'm suggesting is that we come back, the second you call me, whatever morning that we always talk, and you say, girl, and I'm like, you free? We gotta revisit, roll tape. Because I think that hearing this, hearing what you say in the conditions not feeling ripe on the inside will make you go, I do have a little fear in this moment. And I did, wait, and I and I didn't get the morning text because I was like, fuck him, because blah, 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 blah. That's gonna happen because you're human. It doesn't mean you don't love unconditionally. You fucking love him and he loves you unconditionally. But you might have fear in that moment, be like, I was worried about what I thought I saw, so I didn't text out of fear. But I have that to recognize, happens. I understand that. That's all I'm saying. And I, there's nothing, it's not an absolute all fear, no love. Sometimes love and fear collide and you're like, what the fuck is happening? And we have to accept that humans are going to fuck it all up and that's okay in that yeah. moment. That's all I'm saying. So all, I don't think it's absolute love versus fear it, only. It, I think, it's, it's not. I think love and fear sometimes happen at the you, same it, time because you love them do. so fucking much. Like, but you to, didn't say to, that. No, but, bro, what I fucking tell you know what? Say that. Listen to what I'm saying. Now. The words that I'm saying out now. of my mouth are the love that I desire is a love with no fear. Yeah. I'm You're not saying, saying you got it. You I'm are not saying that when I, I have no fear. You said disagree with me when you said that there's a little bit in there. You were like, nope. No, no. So the I'm book I read said love and fear are opposites. I, I, I'm going to stop talking. What I'm saying is what I want to experience is what it's like me to too. love with no fear. That is unconditional Well, then we always agree, but I didn't can, hear that. Can I, can I add something to it? Yeah. Life is about managing fear. It's a part of being human. 100%. Yes. So any life experience will have fear as an ingredient. 
It just depends on what part, how much of it is present and how you manage it. And it doesn't mean and doesn't mean that love doesn't exist. It just means that you're constantly managing the. But that's what I said in the beginning. I didn't hear it. So I hear what you're saying now. I clearly so said you, you, that there's, for always me, a little. in my world, a little bit of love. And you guys were disagreeing I, I, with me that no, in my world, no, 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 no. I, I, so we rolled that tape. I, I'm acknowledging no that I said it. with you in I, your world. I, 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 so what we were, I think what we were talking about, I think maybe, at least for me, let me, I can't speak for her. I think maybe a bit of how it was framed. And that's why I'm glad we had a long enough conversation mm-hmm. so that I could really connect and resonate with what you were saying. Because, because I do agree, ultimately, that life is a part of managing fear. So it's not like, it's not a switch to where you say once it's on, like you've got to manage expectations. There are all of these things that come a part of it. So if I misinterpreted that, my apologies. I'm clear on it now. Are you clear on it now? Yeah, I think what I want to clarify is the idea that we will never live a life with no fear ever. And no, I don't think anyone ever said that or made that implication. What I think we were talking about is what is pure love. And in my mind, pure love is love with no fear, which is what I said. And I'm happy to roll tape.